Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, September 16th, 2019, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 264. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me this week, Rob Zachney, Patrick Klepik, the hey, victorious Bears. Oh, I did it. You I did, did it. it. You got, I'm so impressed with your work yesterday. We'll talk about the NFL stuff later, but I do have to just open up with congratulations. You found a kicker. Uh, I know you oh, both worked really money. hard. To, to make people are trying to figure together. out a nickname. Eddie, Eddie Money, Eddie Dinero, which is, doesn't even rhyme with it's Pinero. So Dinero <laughs> is close. Mm, yeah. But not, mm, not quite there. Rhyme. <laughs> it's Kato also here in the booth. Uh, uh, how's everyone doing? How are your weekends besides the football stuff, which we'll talk about in the post pod, is my understanding. Man, my understanding that is so culture. That's the post pod. That's the culture we've established yeah. here. Uh, uh, hey, being a dad by yourself for a weekend sucks. Oh, is that being what a, happened? I wrote, I wrote a, t- a tweet at the end of this weekend when I was finally just kind of like laying down before going to sleep, and it was like, man, s- single parents out there, like enormous respect. I did this for four days. I've done it before, yeah. but it's just, it's exhausting, just emotionally, physically. You can never turn it off. Like you always have to be, on, especially when the kids are younger, and there's not like wiggle room you know like your wiggle room is like i don't know how long do you give them the ipad to you feel guilty about it <laughs> um because otherwise you just always have to be like doing stuff coming up with and it's just it's a lot and so you know i you know i only did it for four days my wife gets back today but just just shout out to people that have to do that like and what are you supposed to do complain about it like it's you know you're just kind of stuck in a box uh on my that mom stuff. it's just my mom did it for years uh nothing but shout outs for her I, I did my best to be a good little kid but i know i was a pain in the fucking ass <laughs> you're also a kid you're also yeah, a, yeah, yeah. you're a kid what do you yeah. you know i mean that's it's only something like as an adult that you look back and go wow that was terrible and i wish i had like <laughs> you know treated my parents better in that situation but like you don't know when you're a kid so it's yeah. just like it's, like it's one of those like thankless jobs but uh it's yeah just uh Rough, yeah. but my kid's good. I'm not complaining too much. It's just, yeah, it's just exhausting. Rob, I know that you had your own rough weekend because I asked you this morning what you played, and one of the things you listed was tragedy English muffins you made. What? <laughs> What's up, bud? So, you know, I'm always trying to make life just a little bit better, I, right? Rob, can I tell you <laughs> for the world, for the for world, me, uh, yeah, just, for all of us, just all even, around. Let me tell yeah. you something. Even when you're trying to make the world better for you, that's that's just making the world better for everybody. You're you're the vanguard of good living. You know what I mean? Just putting that energy out there <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah. So I got it in my head that uh, so. I've That's been, your first problem. Like everything, <laughs> every time we're going down a, a certain type of road with Rob, you know, so, sometimes when you walk for a mile and a half because it's just around the block, it's 
that kind of story is, I got it in my head. Like, so, then you just know you're, uh, yeah. you're ready. A certain kind of Zachary story is about to go down. So I got this idea. gets it in. His, yeah, so, uh, mm, so I was thinking. So I was reading um, Kenji <laughs> Lopez Alt's uh, cookbook, The Food Lab, mm-hmm. and it opens on eggs. And really detailed instructions, because one of the things that uh, Kenji Lopez Alt was kind of known for is, like, trying to nail down scientifically the most reproducible, like, ironclad methods for doing different things with food. Gotcha. And he's really good at it. Uh, like in general, if you like look at, it's one of the reasons that like serious eats recipes tend to be kind of my reference recipes. Cause he's really good at pinning down like trickier stuff, but he kind of idiot proofs it, which is what I need. <laughs> and the book opens on recipes for hollandaise sauce, poached eggs. And I was like, damn, I could mm-hmm. go for that. Mm-hmm. I could go for a little, uh, eggs Benedict, make it, make it myself at home. And then last week, I was also one evening, uh, just to pick myself up, trawling through the Bon Appetit uh, YouTube archives. Like you as do. you do. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and there's a lot of good stuff there. We've talked about it. You already know about it. But Claire Saffitz does really good videos about pastries and breads. And she did a video on... English muffins, making them yourself. Mm. This and seemed, boy, I, I gotta wanna, tell you, time out. I just want to say, English muffins, Rob, Rob. English muffins seem complex. I don't. I've eaten English muffins. I've never come close to making an English muffin. Yeah. I just want to set the bar for you internally that you know there's a lot going on in an English muffin. Austin, this video made it seem so simple. <laughs> Like it wasn't, and this was not one of those bullshit made for YouTube videos where like, uh-huh. uh, like upbeat music plays yeah, while some uh-huh. asshole with like hands just like comes into the frame, <laughs> some magic some food together, like from an overhead shot where it's like, oh, it's just that easy. And like without the shot ever moving, like hey. somehow a bare white table has uh-huh. become a bounteous feast. This is not one of those. Bigger like, than before. She showed her work. Right. She right. explained the theory. She made those English muffins. I know it can be done. I saw it in this video. How long is that and video just for reference? It's like five, six minutes. Okay, good. Yeah. But I mean, they cut out all the time yeah, when I, stuff's yeah. rising. Like, yeah, they're not going to sure. show that. Sure. Then I, yeah. They're not, like, they, don't, they don't show like the truth of the matter where it's like, okay, now to clean this fucking kitchen for like the eighth freaking time today. <laughs> yeah. uh, which is, it's a bit like making beer where it's just like... Most of it is actually just managing the logistics of like cleaning your workspace right. and getting everything back in in uh, in shape to use. Anyway, so I was convinced this is going to be easy. There's a recipe on their website for English muffins. Seemed a little stingy with the uh, with with the yeast, but you know it was going to have a long rise time, so sure. uh, plenty of time for that dough to develop. And <laughs> mm-hmm. the note the the recipe has a note that's like, hey, phrasing. Just so you know. This uh, dough is going to be sticky and wet, but that's how it's supposed to be. Oh, okay. okay. And <laughs> I have a history with doughs like this. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Rob is putting so many sticky and wet Chekhov's guns above the, mic- the, the fireplace right now. Just out of context, Rob Zachney. Uh-huh. Like, there was a time I made a brioche and lost all the hair on my right forearm. <laughs> uh What? With, okay, so we're gonna keep moving. We're gonna keep moving. Leave so, spaces. 
the there's the the problem here is what do you mean by sticky? This is one of those things where like a really practiced baker mm-hmm. knows the texture and the feel of the dough you're talking about. But if you haven't worked with stuff like this before too much or you're scared of stuff like this, I'm like Sticky has a lot of latitude, right? Like, oh, just just get – you'll see the dough start to come together, start pulling away from the sides of the dough. And I'm like, I don't exactly know what you mean, but I – like, my my sin in the past has been to add too much flour to make a dough come together. And then it ends up kind of clay-like and, and shitty. So uh, I just kind of went with it. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple other things. Um I have this beautiful stand mixer that has one fatal flaw, which is that it has to be machined to a very precise specification. And if it falls out of calibration, and apparently it does that from time to time, Mm. the dough hook doesn't get low enough in the bowl. And we're talking like just millimeters here of difference. Uh, The machine is designed to prevent at all costs – like metal parts from acting just on metal parts. So you don't mm-hmm. have like the beater just like grinding against the ball. Sure. That's bad for everything. <clears throat> right. So whatever it, it's going to have clearance. Um, and there's this thing called the dime test to make sure it's all calibrated correctly. Mine is just barely within acceptable calibration, but it does tend to run with a little too much clearance. But I didn't know this going in. It was only in retrospect this became clear because I just stared at this dough and it's <laughs> like this is going to come together in five minutes. And it'll start pulling away from the side of the dough, but it'll be recognizable as a dough. And I'm staring at it. I'm watching the dough hook go through it. And I'm like, boy, it just looks to me like the dough hook is blessing the dough and, like, making the sign of the cross on it. But I don't know that it's, like, hooking it or kneading it. Like, it ain't moving. But I just kept giving it more time. And then I start trying to help it along and steer the dough off the sides of the bowl into the path of the dough hook, like encouraging them to like, go oh, mingle, make friends. <laughs> and eventually, oh. like the thi- like it does appear to be pulling away from the side of the dough. So I'm like, cool, that seems to be don't want to overwork this baby. Like I was told, leave it sticky and wet. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so I start taking it out of the bowl and I discover there's like a substrate to the dough. Like there was a really, yes, (laughs) Kato, there was a really runny like top layer. Oh, and then at the bottom, oh no, then at the bottom where the hook hadn't been getting anything, stuff had just slowly fallen together and congealed into like, you know, how like if you leave a a, a thing of dough to rise over a warm oven and it slightly cooks to the bowl, Mm. it was almost that texture. Oh, god, and (laughs) I was like, this is probably still good. I can just mix that all in together by hand. And this, this is this is Rob and I trying to rationalize uh, Mitchell Trubisky. It's like, oh, it's it's fine, you know. We'll just, put it, we'll just put it together on the next drive. The dough was just in the wrong system. I just needed, a, yeah, uh, just need a couple of conviction throws, and then we'll we'll be fine. So I made the dough, and I it has to rise overnight. And the next day, I take it out, and it doesn't look as risen as I would hope. Um, kind of a, a, a disappointing Easter morn, as it were. Uh, <laughs> And then oh boy. the the dough is still so sticky that like as Whoa. I'm handling it, it's just like going everywhere. It's like the start so of you Ghostbusters. Made, you made slime. Where, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Get Danica like, literally, I'm just like, oh shit. Send, like, send this to Danica's Instagram shop. Please. And you can you can turn this around. This is still potentially profitable. Dallas. I don't yeah. yeah. So 
Then once you shape them into little English muffin rounds, uh-huh. which I couldn't really do because it was too sticky. Like supposed to fold it together, but it was like clay face. <laughs> like it just kept like sinking into itself. Uh, and Christ. then eventually I just gave up and I was like, those are roughly English muffin shaped. <laughs> and That's an I guess they were. It was it was more like Salvador Dali's clocks uh, really oh. is, is how they looked. Um, and then I was like, well, those will rise. Like, yeah. got to cover these plastic wrap and let them do one more rise the and become proper muffins. <laughs> and then it takes like 40 minutes to like, you got to cook them on a griddle. And then you got to finish baking them in the oven. And what I ended up with were fucked up pancakes, I guess <laughs> is the only way I can describe it. Oh, my like, God. There's one that sort of looks like an English muffin, and if you sort of split it apart, uh, you can't really use a fork because it's about as wide as a fork. Uh, But if you sort of split it apart, you can tell, like, there's some nooks. There's some crannies. (laughs) And that's what I I was here for. I was all about that nook and cranny life. Yeah, totally. That's what I wanted to move beyond the the Thomas English muffin bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You want a real fucking... English muffins to the people. Yeah. And uh, instead, I've got these, like, really nasty pancakes covered in <laughs> cornmeal. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Like, bird feet. Do you want a sandwich out of them? No. Is it, have you, can you eat? What? Uh, yeah. How is it? How edible? Like, okay, it's not an English I muffin. I mean, it's, it's, it's bread. Okay. It's, bad. It's, it's, it's like, it's like a bread pancake. That, see, that to me feels like it's not going to be able to hold a sandwich. Is it crumbly yeah, like a pancake? You know what I mean? Like, does it no, fall apart? No, no, no. It's, it's firmer. Don't it's like worry. A- <laughs> it's plenty elastic. It's, it's, uh, I might I might go so far as to say rubbery is its texture. Uh, love love a little is, rubber in these my are, mouth. Just these roll are it around. durable mm. English muffins. Are yeah. these weapons? You can uh, use them as, uh, you know, like uh, if you got a table that's a little bit wobbly, yeah. just put it under one of the legs. Oh. So here's my thinking, though. <laughs> what if I just didn't split them and treated each one as its own bread slice? Yeah, they're lopsided. They're not level. <laughs> but like I could make like a McGriddle type thing off of that. You know what? Yeah, we're not like it's not. Look, the eggs Benedict thing. That's a different. That's that's gone. Like yeah. say goodbye to that dream. Yeah. We're not. We're not making. <laughs> but home. you know what? You're you're here for the everyman and the eggs Benedict at home. Uh, it's a dream. But for regular folks like us, we're gonna get a cornstarch covered bread pancake <laughs> and we're gonna put some bacon on there and call it a win. It, and call it a fucking win. <laughs> you made that. That's you did. You it. get a win, however you can get it. <laughs> yeah. A win is a win is a win. That's right. That's right. And we'll be grateful for it. We can can figure out what went wrong next weekend. Mm -hmm. But for now, I think we just take it. Yeah, honestly. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's editable at all, that's a win. Well, congratulations uh, for both your NFL and your 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 English muffin win. Can't tell if that whole story was a metaphor or not. Me either. (laughs) God, should we talk about some video games on this podcast at least? Patrick, you've sure. been you've been last week you told us you'd started to play yeah. Some Link's Awakening, uh, mm-hmm. which is out on Switch this week. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, later this week. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for it. Um, but I need you to tell me if it's right for me to be excited for it. Is it is it have you put some more time in? Are you feeling good about it? 
Yeah, I'm at the, the I actually made it into the the final dungeon uh last night. Mm-hmm. Um the review embargo is later this week, so this is impressions. Pre- preview impressions mm-hmm. of uh uh it's a weird that stuff's weird. I don't know. Basically, they just don't want you to put a score on it. And we yeah. don't do scores. So I, I exist <laughs> perpetually in a in, in a zone where I'm okay, I think. Um, whoa. Sorry. Hey, it's Siri. I didn't say your name. <laughs> Chill. I thought the Nintendo. Nintendo like, must yeah. hey. Siri. Patrick, please read the embargo more closely. <laughs> um, I... Didn't play Link's Awakening. I'm a huge Zelda fan, but for whatever reason, never spent much time with the handheld iteration. So I've not played what the other historically good ones, uh, Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages, right? I think those are the two yes. ones that were made by in collaboration with Capcom. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a third one planned, but they never made it, I think was the case. Um, and never played Link's Awakening. And so I was really excited for this because it was a basically, you know, People have wanted, you know, they did Link Between Worlds, but it was like, oh, wow. Like, for a lot of people, this is going to just be a brand new 2D Zelda that, yes, it's a, you know, a remake of a game that was already released. But, like, for a lot of people, like myself included, it's basically, like, a brand new game. Um, and that sort of has its ups and downs. Um, one thing, this has been an issue since E3, like, and I mentioned on Thursday, like, it has performance issues. It is not a 60 frames per second lock in a way that you would probably expect or anticipate with an aesthetic that doesn't look like it's pushing a lot of, you know, processing necessarily on a machine that has a pretty weak CPU. Um, it is not just in the outer, like, overworld stuff where the depth of field effect it, or the tilt shift that it's doing to achieve, like, a lot of its kind of, like, miniature look mm. um, where you can imagine that being, like, really hard on the machine. The dungeons perform better, but um, it is still just. Uh, I'm I'm hoping there'll be a patch. But if they haven't figured out this, like this close to launch, and Nintendo is usually someone that kind of frame rates not usually something you're worrying about. It makes me worry that that's just the way the game is, mm-hmm. and and it won't necessarily get better on a patch. But um, to sort of set up Link's Awakening, it's uh, it doesn't take place in Hyrule. Um, it's sort of like Majora's Mask in that sense, in which uh, it it's a uh, a story that takes place somewhere else. So Link is sailing and then wakes up on an island. Um, and this island is, um, the game makes like no bones about, and Majora's Mask I think was a little similar to this. Um, it makes no bones about the fact that like, hey, this is a weird island. We, things are weird. Um, <laughs> like very quickly you encounter like Goombas and a chain chomp. Yeah. Uh, and like, why are there... Mario characters here. <laughs> and the game is constantly just being like, isn't this a weird island? And they're like, yeah, yeah, um, I get it. And they're like, there's a big egg up there. Can you go wake up that egg? And it's like, I guess, sure. Like, <laughs> Go collect 10 instruments and wake up the egg. That seems like a normal quest objective for, for Link. And so I think that's like a huge part of the charm of Link's Awakening is it's Everything's just a little off and it's unanswered. I like I, you know, I yep. presume there is some sort of explanation by the end of the the story that will put it all in some sort of context. But um it's a game where everything just feels a little bit off. The characters are a little bit off. You I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what they've I, I don't want to spoil some of the cameos because I don't know how much is from the original game. I don't know how much is different here. Sure. There are some there, I will say there was one that genuinely made me go, cool. Uh, all right, sure, you're here. Welcome to this island, friend. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's a very charming game. I, I like it a lot. I think it, uh, 
you definitely the the aesthetic does some work to hide that it's like an older game. Like for example, like the design, dungeons. Okay. Yeah. Like the dungeons, especially in the latter half of the game, the they're not necessarily all that complicated, but they just throw a billion rooms at you. Sure. And you just have to do an enormous amount of backtracking. And it, it's a point where like I was tempted to start drawing out the dungeons, even though I have a map that I can label stuff with because there's certain <laughs> limitations to the labeling system. Wait, what is that, that like? Because like? I don't think that was in the original. What's the... No. no, it's not. This is new. So you can do this on the overall map and you can do this on the dungeon uh, level maps in which the game gives you like eight icons, like a circle, a square, okay. a triangle, um, like a four-leaf clover. And like you can mark those on the map, but you can't draw on the map. And what I want the game to let me do is draw on the map. Um, because, uh, what I want to do is just like, you know, put very specific, like, I want to mention that like, Hey, this is a bombable area on the overworld that, but I don't have bombs yet, but I don't have any, I don't have a bomb icon. So I just put a circle Right. and you start running. If you're like labeling much things, you start running out of them. And then it was like, I got to the point where I was opening my notebook. I was writing down a symbol chart, like, so that I could remember what (laughs) I was marking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I made a I made a legend that was like, okay, so the triangle means I think that's a hook shot, and I don't have the hook shot yet. And you know, it'd be nice if I could just like Put write a hook, H, yeah, yeah. or yeah. like like just Honestly, give me all just, give me icons for all the equipment in the game, yeah. and let me just drag that onto the um, onto the map. Um, so those limitations are a little uh, frustrating, um, and uh, yeah, but it, and so the dungeons themselves are. Not that aesthetically interesting. They're just like bland looking dungeons that are like full of puzzles. But if you're like me who, as much as I loved Breath of the Wild, I missed some of like the standard dungeon stuff, which they put a little bit of that into the, um, uh, what do they call them? The, uh, uh, what are the little mini dungeons that you would come across? The shrines. Dungeonettes. The shrines. The dungeonettes, yeah. The shrines. The dungeonettes. Zelda and the Uh, dungeonettes. Love them. They're so good. Live. (laughs) And the the shrines were like pretty contained, small, and the like the dungeons in that game that you were exploring on the backs of the various beasts that were floating around that world, you know, were 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 also small relative to like what we've come to expect, like Ocarina of Time forward for what happens in uh, dungeons. And like this one is like an interesting balance where there's not much going on aesthetically, um, even mechanically, but there's just a lot of like tricky little puzzles that are a joy to kind of like put together. So um, it's a game where you can feel it's. 90s-ness in it um, for better and worse. I think the aesthetic goes a long way. I think they, they like I said, they did make gameplay changes like, you know, doing the overworld map. Um, I think they've like really increased the amount of seashells you can find from what I looked at. A, I'll say it was useful to have a game where you could, that you were reviewing where you could like consult a walkthrough <laughs> instead of like having to sure. like track somebody down, like a friend that's playing. It's like, hey, can you like give me a tip on like what I'm missing here? Instead, it was like, yo, I could just pull up a walkthrough and it was 100% helped me get through various uh, uh, dungeons. So I can't really speak to how much has changed um, because I come to this basically as a new game. But uh, I think it's incredibly charming. I'm really I'm really enjoying my time with it. Um, and I think people are going to have a blast, um, especially if you uh, haven't played Link's Awakening or if it's been so long that it, it may as well be like a brand new game for you. That's exciting. I, I definitely am curious how people will receive it given the ways in which it is like oh wow this is a cool different thing but also it is a 90s game 
it is from an era of game design, and it was a it was a, uh, a Game Boy game originally. So it was yeah. a game working inside of those constraints that was ambitious in in ways that were not tied to big bright sprites and all the stuff that this game has has in terms of like great visual design. All that is being layered on top of a core game design that uh, was not about those things. You know, Rob, it looked like you had a question. Yeah, and it's also too. oh, go ahead, Rob. No, I was just wondering, does the game comment on the irony of a game called Link's Awakening having a dreamlike quality? <laughs> There's a lot of references to dreams hmm. and it being hmm. weird. It does not There's a references to maybe waking up, but I don't I don't know where all that's going. Doesn't so, imply I don't know. that like Link himself is like a dream of the Nintendo universe. Uh. That like he awakens to the reality that is Mario World. And like when Mario dreams, he dreams himself Link. Dang. That'd be cool. That'd be a good ending. I don't know. Is the so we know that there you're is bu- you're bu- you're bullsh- I'm gonna be actually kind of mad if you if you just spoiled it by bullshitting and doing a bit right now. We uh we know of course that Link's Awakening is partially inspired by Twin Peaks. That was like a, a literal. Uh, uh, have they influence. said that the creator said that, or is that just something That's people have said? The creator has said. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I wasn't uh, sure if that was just one of those like sort of like over time, a handful of people said it's like inspired by Twin Peaks, and then that just became no. Yeah. Like Takahashi, that stuck in my head too. Yeah. Takahashi okay. Tezuka, who was the director of Link, uh, Link to the Past and Link's Awakening, um, said Aonuma says to him, "You wanted it to be like Twin Peaks, but characters that looked like Mario and Luigi were appearing." Uh, and said you wanted to create a word a world inspired by Twin Peaks, and Suzuka was like, "Oh, that's right. I'm glad I said it then because I always forget such things." Uh, we were talking about this before <laughs> Awada arrived. This is from a, 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 an interview with Awada. Uh, also, I was talking about Fashioning Link's Awakening with a feel that's somewhat like Twin Peaks. At the time, Twin Peaks was rather popular. The drama was all about a small number of characters in a small town, so I wanted to make something that uh, like that. While it would be small enough in scope and easy to understand, it would have uh, deep and distinctive characteristics. Um, and that's, that's you know, that's a fun way for, for someone to be like, this is the way in which I'm making it like Twin Peaks. Mm. Weird small town Zelda with distinct strange characters, a sense of like foreboding weirdness, but yeah. not necessarily like all of it's not like a lo- it's not like a love letter to Twin Peaks or right. something, which is how sometimes that gets told. No, no, which I think that's that's what I was sort of like trying to clarify. There was like it's I don't know if you'd play this and immediately like go like if you if you hadn't already heard that quote and it become sort of like part of like the historical canon right. of how people talk about Link's Awakening. I don't know how much you'd look at this and go. You know, again, like knowing with that knowledge, it's like, oh, I, this explains sort of the hype, like uh, hyper cartoonish characterization for some of the characters who have like very distinct singular characteristics right. in a log lady type fashion. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I'm going around and necessarily extracting Twin Peaks from it. But you can you you can see from a distance where you where you arrive at that influence. Like where where that is true is like one of the big things you're doing is swapping items between characters. You're like trying to learn about a character. What is it interested in? And then what is something I can go do in the world that would allow me to go and like accomplish that? And there is like, <laughs> I guess one of the weirder things is so like these games often have um, some form of a hint system where you can go and like pay a vendor right. and there'll be like a psychic that's like, maybe you should go to the Northeast forest and <laughs> something's there, you know? And so these, a lot of these uh, Zelda games have something uh, uh, similar to that. Um, I think starting with like link to the past and this one, it's just, so 
I think he's, I don't know if he's, I don't think he's the mayor of the town, but anyway, like one of the main couples in the town, um, the, the, the husband is just, he has like social anxiety. And so if you go and talk to him in, try and talk to him in his house, he says, I don't talk in person. I only talk over the phone. And so scattered throughout Link's awakening are huts. There's like maybe like a dozen of these little huts with like a phone etched on it. And then you go in and you pick up the phone and it's, it's that dude. And he's like, hey, so I heard you should go check out the mysterious forest to the northeast. And maybe there's some, <laughs> something going on over there. Or, hey, you know, I heard something's underneath the bridge down in the bay. And you're like, oh, cool, thanks. And you hang up the phone. And he always gives you like something just specific enough to like set you off in an area. Um, but doesn't necessarily always give you like the... A to Z, like you have right. to fill in a, a couple of the blanks, but it is like a, it's, it's a good, it's one of the game's better bits where it's, it's often, it, you often feel like I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do next. Um, the game is often kind of like leaving you in a lurch because it's a relatively small map compared to a link to the past, uh, or anything in the, the 3d games that are so enormous now. Um, but it's incredibly dense. So it's like, you're often coming through an area again and realizing, you know, in a traditional Zelda fashion of, you know, oh, I've got a hook shot, which means I can get over here, or I've got bombs now, which means I can explore there. Um, uh, and so there's a lot of that. So the game wants you to do a lot of, like, backtracking. I, I found that tiresome in the dungeons to a certain point, because it was just like, yo, oh, my, if, if I would need to get all the way to the left, which means, okay, I got a warp whistle to the front, right. and I got to go here. Like, I'm not accomplishing anything. It's just busy work. Um, whereas the busy work of being on the overworld is was a lot of fun because you were, you're often finding just, you know, I think once I got, I can't remember which item I got, but some item that I got that suddenly was like, Oh shit, six icons I have on my map. I can go take care of now. And like, that's like just a really satisfying feeling where you can loop back around to all that stuff. And Link's Awakening is really um, good at that because of like the density of the map, which you can, you know, if you didn't have all the obstacles that are trying to like barrier you off and force you to, to like warp around you could run across it in like a minute. Like it really isn't like all that big, um, but there's a lot going going on it. And there's a lot of fun characters and, and weirdness. And it's also one of the games that uh, you can just like not find certain items. Like, you know, you don't like exploration necessarily... items, like like things like the hookshot or. There are certain, yeah, like certain things that like you'll get for sure, right? Like you'll get, yeah, like the hookshot you get um, by the bow and arrow. Never required. It's just an item in a shop. Right. It's like, cool. Right. It's really expensive. You can't afford it unless you were to grind or, uh, or, or, you know, just, or just, or just naturally, or you'll accru- it's a, mm-hmm. you can fucking steal it. You can't steal it. <laughs> so, so I don't, yeah. Yeah. I, I felt like, um, when I got stuck at some point, I was looking at like an equipment list and a walkthrough and then I saw the bow and arrow and like, you can steal it. And I was like, well, now I know I can't. Now I looked it up in a walkthrough. Now I just got to earn that shit. That feels that that was a bridge. That was a bridge too far for me. It was like, um, what happened? That was clearly supposed. Oh, it's like a whole consequences are there. Uh, it renames your save. Well, so I don't know if, right. I don't know here. Uh, but in the original links awakening, if you so it's like a thousand rupees or something ridiculous, yeah. right? It's, like it's a lot. Um, it's like and at the point that you're at in the game, it's you like you've maybe just you you had you just got enough to spend two hundred bucks on. So I can't remember what 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 you were buying, like a heart piece, and then it's like oh nine hundred rupees is, and it's just like the game doesn't drop a lot of rupees, so like that's a long ways away in terms of collecting. So it is the way it's set up. 
uh, and I I did this at the the E3 demo yeah. to see if it worked, and it did. Um, and there's like a shopkeeper who's in the middle of the room, and their items are at the top end. I want to say, yeah, like and against the wall, kind yeah. of. He always keeps his eyes on you. He tries to always keep his eyes on you, so he turns with you. But you can kind of not dizzy him, but you can kind of like get out of his view if you're careful. Grab it, which means like if he's looking at you, he'll tell you, "Oh, that's nine hundred, whatever." But if you are, uh, or is it like you can't leave the room if he sees you? If you have it in your hands, I think that's sort of the thing. You pick it up, yeah. Just, yeah. And and if you get to the door without him seeing you, you can just leave. When that happens in the original game, it um, uh, the the Link's name becomes Thief, and everyone calls him Thief for the rest of the game. And if you try to re-enter the shop, the uh, the owner will hit you with, like, magic that kills you. So you're closing <laughs> yourself off to the shop, I believe. Yeah. And then um, uh, I want to say the save files also to- is also called Thief, Thief at that point because that's where it's getting Link's name from. Um, <laughs> and then in the – and now looking this up, the DX version, the re-release of it that came out for – For Game Boy Color, Color, color right? Yeah, DBC. Yeah. The photographer, who was a new character in the Game Boy Color version, um, takes a photo of the moment that you sneak out of the shop, uh, which is like, here's you being a fucking thief. But the the he, you need to do that if you want all the photos in the game. If you want to get a complete <laughs> photo album, that is one of the photos. Uh, so brilliant. completionists, you know, that's, sounds like it's intended play. Then uh, it's it's <laughs> intended in the sense that like they knew you were going to do it. They've they've uh, accounted for it, but it's not a thing that ever really happens in Zelda games. The idea of like, no, I'm going to manipulate a character to steal from them. Yeah, well, you there's never can get away of with opening it. Like, chests. I, I, there's, right. plenty, there's like you know opportunities where you could try and stuff, but the game is always like, no, you can't do that. Like it's what was unique about Link's Awakening was that it allowed you to succeed and then had like a plan B for how it treats the the character, which I, there's a my playing through links awakening and reading about stuff like that. It's like, Oh, there are so many Easter eggs that I will just have to look up after the facts. I know this game is full of stuff like that mm-hmm. where you can just, you can get the game. The game will do strange things. If you do strange things, you know, in response to it, but they aren't necessarily think like, the reason I didn't think to steal it was because, yeah, you can't steal shit in Zelda games. One, <laughs> Link is a good boy, and he wouldn't do that. Two, uh, the game uh-huh. would prevent me from doing it even if I was goofing off. And so the fact that the game accounts for that, there's a lot of, like, re- like remixing of mechanics or, like, acknowledging sort of, like, series conventions in Link's Awakening in a way that's, like, you know, it's not a, a full twist on it, but there are, like, moments like that that are... Uh, very cute and endearing and, and representative of the game's style as a whole. Just to be clear, I've and stolen encouragement all- toward revolution. <laughs> <laughs> like you should, you should take that thing and place yourself beyond law and society. People will try to brand you, but you needed it. <laughs> and it was placed far beyond your reach. Mm. And, well beyond your means, but nevertheless, it was it was necessary. <laughs> Look, there are there are these. Who's green the thief, ca- Patrick? Cat, yeah, right. You Who know, is the real these, thief? These where did where he get that from? Right, right. True. Probably like you, he killed egg, someone probably. else and took it from them. That's probably it. Because let me be clear, I've stolen Look, a lot of things in the worlds of Zelda. When Link's on a boat, uh huh, he's he's coming off some other adventure. He has a bow and arrow. Whose bow and arrow do you think oh, that is? Oh, you're right. You think it was like a shipwreck? Because that game well, was the shipwreck. The links. 
What happens yeah. to the other? And you lakes? find your and you find your sword on the beach to start, but I don't know about that the guy. Fucking yeah. stole your boat. Yeah. Wow. I was going to talk about the way that the social is predicated on its exclusions and <laughs> the ways in which, you know, all private properties, of course, a, a fabrication of those in power. But you're right. That was my fucking bow. <laughs> Give me my bow back. <laughs> Okay, I feel uh, that's a counter-revolutionary position now. Give me, my, give me my bow back. But give me my. Why does the shopkeeper? Why does the shopkeeper have so many shields? My shield. Your shield. You can lose your shield. You can lose your shield in this game, and then that shopkeeper just has another shield huh. for you to buy with your, huh. you know, the high rule insignia. Yeah, you know what? I sh- I should have stolen yeah. that. Now I want my rupees back. <laughs> they will take. They will take what you earned and sell it back to you at an extortionate rate. Yeah. And if you balk at it, they will call you thief. A hundred percent. And take photos of you. Hey, speaking of exploration, just a quick thing that I've been into this weekend. So I'm done with, well, I don't have all my powers, but I'm playing more control. Uh (laughs) Okay. And I'm in the, like, just explore shit in the oldest house. And there's a puzzle that I'm putting off. Like, there's a synchronicity lab, and you go through into a mirror universe, and there's all these... um, uh, What do you call those? Like, the the swinging bearings, uh, like motion... Like pendulums? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those bearing... Oh, I know what you mean. Like, the bearing ball, like the four, like the click-a-click-click. Newtonian... Newton, yeah, Newtonian physics. Well, like desk everything's toys. Newtonian. Well, not everything. No, not Newtonian, everything. But everything Newtonian. you and I are going to interact yeah. with is basically Newtonian. Well, depends depends um, on how you define interaction, but basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, there's a puzzle that clearly, like, there's a connection between what's happening in the mirror universe versus what's happening in in the real universe. And I need to dig into that at some point. Um, I don't want to look it up, but I'm like, because it's also just going to pain in the ass to solve. But there's so much cool stuff in the oldest house. You guys looked around this place? <laughs> you know, yo, yo, have you heard of this? I need are to do some this? more looking around. Uh, they're called Newton's the, Cradles, by the way. Newton's, Newton's Cradles. Cradles. That's great. I love that. Yeah. love it. What a good name. <laughs> um, there was this puzzle. Like, this isn't a huge spoiler. There's a point where they send you back to Dead Letters to go rank. Like, the dude who runs the containment level has all these objects that have busted out of their cells during the Hiss invasion. And you get like post-game quests like, hey, could you go like corral the rubber duck? Could you go find <laughs> this object? It's on the loose. Uh, okay, actually the rubber duck was probably my fault because I went into a secret area and opened the door to the rubber duck Ooh, and great. then it's it's garbered. Right, is the rubber duck the, the object where you can find the like the voice memo of someone doing all the weird experiments to it? And I was just, okay. Quack? Right, that... Quack? Quack? <laughs> like, we're... Well, we need to make clear God. Is like it's this it's this little like like voice memo where someone's like, all right, performing test number forty two B, um interacting with duck object with a stick, no response to stimuli. Um uh experiment forty two C uh will now uh, proceed to speak quack to the duck. Quack, <laughs> quack. Quack. No response. <laughs> Further testing needed. And it was just like, I remember immediately messaging Rob being like, okay, game oh, of the year. Good. Got it. Nailed it. Uh, Rubber Ducks is one of those on the list of uh, iconographic items that shouldn't be allowed into the house itself at the very beginning, too. That's Any so sort of archetypal object <laughs> yeah. can't be. Oh, it's, it's delicious. <laughs> uh, but there's this question where they send you in dead letters where... It's a lot like the Museum of Jurassic Technology, I guess, has an exhibit of weird letters people sent the Griffith Observatory at one point. Mm-hmm. But Dead Letters is where people like who maybe have had an interaction with the 
uh, collective unconscious are sending their letters in to, hey, here's some weird stuff that's happening to me. But there's a quest that sends... Well, I would just say, from what I understood, it was literally like letters that never reached the destination. And amongst those were the ones that they were trying trying yeah. to get to the oldest house but didn't have an address for. Yeah, there's people. Yeah, there's people like asking for help about weird stuff they've seen. There's one intended for the uh, like psychiatrist professional association asking about a recurring dream. But you go into the dead letters uh, area to do this quest. And if you have your like full levitation powers, there's new areas to dead letters you can get to. Mm. And you guys been above dead letters? I have not. No, I don't think I have. Astonishing. I can't, I can't fly yet. <laughs> What's yeah? Is so, it just? Can you give me like an abstract without spoiling specifics? Without name, you know, without talking about specifics, I would love to see it myself. What is the broad picture here? It's like you fly above the almost like it's 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 like you fly above the entire dead letters department into another section of the department that is just high up in the oldest house and it feels like you're at the ceiling and you know there's all those letters just kind of floating around in dead letters they just kind of are are like snowfall almost you get to the top and you see them falling through the skylight of the oldest house in this like never-ending curtain of like gentle rain uh it is incredibly gorgeous and also maybe one of the eeriest things I've seen in the game. Cause like you're just up there now in this sort of null space. You're, you're like by all these desks with bankers lights on them and everything, but there's no accessible way up there. People work there, but there is no <laughs> visible, like how did people, like how would anyone ever have gotten up here? Right. Good. And Good. then all the misguided letters in the world are slowly falling uh, you know, two like two by two, basically, uh, from the sky into the oldest house, and I'm like, damn, I love this game. I I love oh the weird God. shit. I'm still finding here. I really wanted to play more over the weekend because it sounds so great, and I couldn't because I had to visit a snake. You had to hang out with a snake. You had to I hang out with a snake. snake. That's what. This is not your way of saying you played Metal Gear instead. No. Okay. <laughs> no, no, just. Friend had a got a new pet snake, little tiny hog nose. Hell yeah! And so, baby, and also there a baby was snake. F- Is it like a baby hog nose? Yeah, yeah. It's like pretty young. Okay. Um, how big does it get? They only get like a a foot to a foot and a half long, really. Like they they stay kind of small on mm-hmm. the smaller end, but mm. like this one was so small that it curled up, it fit in the palm of my hand. It was only like I don't know, like six inches long total, probably. It was adorable. Yeah, hognose snakes are really cute. They're so cute. Um, we got I'm, a little funny nose. That's hognose. Yeah, hundred percent. hundred percent. Nice. That's. So, did you do anything else this week? Did you play any other games? Uh, uh for a minute, I played a <laughs> deck building roguelike. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. interesting. Wow. Welcome to Cotto Corner. Listen. No. Okay. Look, Look, I'm gonna just cover them for a second. Great. Look at me, Cotto. Yeah. I care. Yeah. Was it Thank good? You. Yeah, it was fun. It was really interesting because um, uh, you're basically set up as like a kind of dungeon crawl situation. Wait, what's uh, it each... called? You didn't? Uh, yeah. Sorry. It's uh, a, it's unheard called... of. It, I don't know. It's a de- it's a de- it's a deck building roguelike. Austin, <laughs> what else the fuck do you need to know? Uh, it's called Meteor Fall. Uh. Colin Crummit's Tale, because this is actually a sequel to uh, oh my iOS God. game. Okay. 
um, that I never played. Crummets? Crummets. Crummets. Yeah. C R M No, K. K R U M I. Okay. T. Apostrophe. Yes. Oh, crummets. Crummets just seems like a thing you say when you stub your toe. Uh, I think crummets <laughs> is the name crummets. of the, the food that Rob made at the top of this <laughs> podcast. Just made a nice just, pile of crummets. Yeah, bacon wow. some crummets. You you hurt the way Rob <laughs> moved mean, after you said that. You hurt. like actually that like there, feel, there Rob once where he rolls his eyes, he just kind of shifts in his uh, seat. That one was like a full like Moved his uh, his back. I get hurt. Like, I'm sorry, Rob. An object of you you used I an object you. of power. On I did not, Rob. Right it now, it was not meant as an insult. I just thought it was a funny word. I'm sorry. Actually, Rob, if we if we imbue oh, no, the crumbs with enough, oh, he went to his Please. Oh, Rob's going to pour no. himself a drink. Some, this happens sometimes on the podcast. Bring me some crummets. I love a crummet right now. I'd love to eat a crummet. It's a singular crummets. Yeah. Cr- oh, multiple crummetses. <laughs> like a Charles Crum- Dickens Crum- character. A flock, a flock of crummets. Yeah. <laughs> Good day, sir. It's I'm me. I'm sending you a picture of my crummets and you tell me how beautiful they are. Oh, wow. Rob, you know. If there's one Rob, thing you, I've learned from Claire Savitz, it's that you deserve praise for your efforts. <laughs> by God, people are gonna fucking give them to you. I don't care how busy part. you are, Adam Rappaport. You are going to praise me, You're you son of a bitch. <laughs> wow. Oh, let's let's get Rob his participation oh trophy. Fuck. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh my God. God. I mean, the way the way control works is that. Th- if you believe a thing right. has power, it gains power. Right. Yeah. So we can give this crumb its power. <laughs> I think, listen, within the year, we're going to have motherfuckers baking their own crummets. We're gonna, this is going <laughs> to have hipster crummet shops open remedy, up in Bushwick. Remedy, remedy. So you're, you're making DLC. Uh-huh. Anything can be an object of power. <laughs> is there any, if you're out there listening please. to this podcast, could you please get Rob to record some sort of voice memo interacting, <laughs> talking to his sticky crummets? In order- <laughs> well, not sticky anyway. Do you have a visual aid to see what I spent my weekend making? Oh, I'm going to take a Where is Did you this? Po- oh, you posted? Is it in the is okay, it in, in, where in podcast? We'll yeah. Like this somewhere. You know what? Those look like, those look like bricks of cheese. <laughs> I can see there is a Saganaki quality to a couple of them. Yes. If I if I only look at if I like only look at the middle of one of them. If I oh, I'm like oh that's a nice biscuit, maybe not an English muffin. Yeah. But like I can a see it almost biscuit. looks like an arepa or a pupusa. Yeah. At the same time. Little, yeah. Uh, so but they do that bottom right one is cheese that's been like yeah. just like charred yeah. a little bit <laughs> for sure. The thing that's wild to me is how different they look yeah. from each other, Rob. The one at the top left is almost a pita. It's almost like that a. Is- <laughs> I so you so the there's a couple things happening. I threw out the first ones. You know what? First um, row, second one. First row, so top row, top second. That's an English muffin. That's an English muffin. That's an English muffin. That is an English muffin, surrounded by crumb. <laughs> Did you threw out the first set. This is not the first set. This is the second set. That you're showing us? So so actually there's a there's a, a number of different sets there, but the first two I made got thrown out because they were um they were beautiful in their way, but they weren't <laughs> what I was going for. Gotcha. And not like this. Uh, it just didn't Yeah, they didn't they didn't quite seem like if you're gonna eat like you're gonna eat an English muffin type thing. The first two things I made like weren't even close enough in the ballpark. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, those there's some different cooking times and uh 
different pans represented there. Um, mm -hmm. Weirdly, like the things not done in the cast iron worked out better. Huh, but yeah. Okay, interesting. I trust a nice cast iron. I like your countertop, by the way. It's nice. Uh, oh, thank you. Anyways. Yeah, Kromitz's tail. Kromitz's tail. Um, yeah, it's neat. Uh, it's like... Set so up. you're in a dungeon. Yo, yeah, you're set up you each, each... There's like, um... Uh, how do I describe this? I guess each... each uh, it's broken up into dungeons, and each dungeon essentially is a three-by-three three, uh, grid with different uh, enemies and items in it. Um, and basically, whenever you... Um, uh, click on an enemy. You do this little uh, comp. You have this little combat mode. You can um, uh, weapons and armor both have uh, they uh, degrade, so you only have sure. a certain amount of uses on them. Um, once you defeat and take out a square from this grid, everything in that row drops down, and certain uh, different abilities can trigger on things as they fall. Um, time progresses, so if you have a certain uh, uh, there was, I had a I had a skill that would give every enemy as they entered the board poison, and then every time something dropped, the poison would tick up. So oh, there's like a lot of um, <clears throat> interesting things you can do with setup for like how to uh, um, kind of. And each time the the board drops, something new will drop in from the top as well. Like you'll see, there's like a number of like there's still like six enemies off the board. So like you know that there's still going to be more things coming in. Um, but the idea is you go through and you clear all the enemies and then you finish that dungeon. Um, and, um, so like, yeah, the interesting part is that there's a lot of, um, things about positioning and like there were certain enemies that if they hit the bottom row, they would deal damage to me before we even started fighting. Gotcha. Things like that. Um, it's, this is... it's an early alpha. So there was like a few hiccups where like, you know, some, uh, some things didn't clear off the board correctly, but like. So it's it like a real like, alpha. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. A, an alpha in no, the no. marketing sense. This it, is a Meteor Fall game. I didn't realize a game. Right. Sloth, so Slothworks is the name of the developer. Meteor Fall is like a fantastic mobile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This uh, is the sequel to that. I had not game. put that together in my in my head. People should check out Meteor Fall on on phones. Yeah. It's I think really I'm gonna good. I'm gonna go do that while they figure out the the kinks in this one. But this one seems very interesting. So totally uh, excited to play when it. Uh, a little more polished. I also briefly played a um, a deck builder, uh, though I don't know if it's a ro I don't know if it's a roguelike deck builder. Hmm. Um, I guess it, it you know it seems so narrative that I, I it I, felt like almost like an, an adventure game or like a narrative, right? Like a like a like a visual novel, but with some. I would be curious to because so we should say we should what explain it is. what it is. This is a game coming out um, called uh, uh, Signs of the Sojourner. Um, who is uh, that? That is a game being. I forget the name of the team, um, but there's some narrative design from Kevin Snow, uh, who I guess disclosure is someone who I'm friends with, who I've gotten dinner with once, right? Um, uh, but I hadn't played it until today. Uh, it is a God. How to set it up? Um, I guess like narratively, the setup is you start off as a kid, you get into an argument with like your your sibling. Um, and then it kind of flash, and then you kind of like your mom shows up and your mom was like, Hey, we can work out our differences. And it gives you this very basic card mechanic, which I'll get to in a bit. And then it flashes forward and it's like, Hey, well, mom, mom died. We're all recovered from the funeral. 
and it's time for you to go out in the world and start getting stuff to bring back home to sell in our shop because mom had this shop and we're taking the shop over together and it's your job to do what she used to do, which is like explore the world as like almost like a sort of an adventurer, um, find cool stuff and bring it home. Um, and the kind of card mechanic is all about conversations. Uh, there is at the top of the screen a kind of six icons, or I guess six not icons, like slots. There's one at the far left, and then there's there's kind of five more next to it. And uh, in your hand are cards, and each card so far has a symbol on the left-hand side and a symbol on the right-hand side. What you're doing is building a chain from the left of that set of slots to the right. So the top left card might be a circle and then a triangle. You need to put down something that has a triangle so that it matches the triangle on the on the right side of the, the card to your left. And then you're setting up a connection on the right side. You and then your opponent or your partner, it, it does a really interesting thing around like the person you're playing this game mm. with. Um, have to build these chains that represent you trying to talk through something with them. Uh, so, like, the first thing is, like, a fight with your sibling. Then then pretty early on, uh, you know, another one is, like, I talked to, like, a, a, a nut vendor, a guy who sells nuts, and it's like, <laughs> can I get a good deal on some fucking nuts here? Uh, the symbols mean something, like, thematically. The circles are, are like, uh, I, it's really reductive to be, like, one of these is emotion, one of these is logic, but that seems to be the, the gesture yeah. there, kind of. Um, one of them is about empathy, and one of them is about about kind of uh, reasoning. Uh, so the circle is about, about uh, emotion, and, and the triangle is about reasoning. And whichever one there is more of when you complete the conversation shades the conversation that follows it, right? So that might be like, oh, hey, I'm getting a good deal or, or, or something. Rob? Uh, at every step, like, do you have to wait until this sort of what sounds a bit like a Domino's game almost? Yeah, it is uh, like it wraps is. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for you to hear how the conversation turned out? Or is it a step-by-step like – I play card, character says something, and we see, like, it feels like an evolving combo. It is exactly that. And the thing to know is, one, if you can't make the connection or if the person you're playing with can't make the connection, that's, like, the the conversation turns a little bit sour. Um, And it's almost as if a conversation Mm. has, like... The Shinji Gambit. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) There are, like, if you get three wins... If you get three like positive outcomes, that will end the conversation positively. If you get three negative outcomes, that will end the conversation negatively. It seems as if the conversation even knows when you've gotten a mix of them, and it certainly knows it's tracking how much of one of the two symbols you use the most. So one of the first conversations we got into at first, like Kyle and I were playing this this morning, and I was kind of showing it. You know, Kyle was sitting next to me, we were playing it together, and we're like, okay, this seems okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then one of the first conversations we got into after we left our hometown was with this like candy seller that our mom knew uh and it was like um uh the conversation with her was going okay at first um and then it kind of took this turn that was like i was getting victories but they were like the more distant um logic victories because of the way the cards were coming out i don't know you start to get different card powers it isn't just this matching game um you know you can get a card that you can like play in between previously played cards you can get a card that duplicates the previous card that was played you can get a card that there's a thing of like if you put duplicates down one after the other you get a shield that protects you from a misplay so like if you're like really in the flow of the conversation but that conversation with this candy seller ended up losing a lot of the like deep emotional empathetic feel and took on this character that was like hands off and like a little like 
oh yeah, you're your mom's kid. And less like, oh, I'm so sorry, I heard, blah, blah, blah. And I left it feeling like, oh, that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. And that was not what I expected 20 minutes into this game. Do you know what I mean? Like I I very much, especially because the mechanics seemed so simple um, that I didn't expect that it would hit me in that sense of like, oh yeah, I've had this conversation where I just, I don't have the words or we're missing, we're like firing past each other a Mm -hmm. little bit. Um, uh, And there was one after that where there was a guy who was like, hey, could we stop at this place? Um, and we, all I needed was two victories, two, like, two, like, uh, successful conversational flows with him. Yeah. Got the first one, and then going into the second one, he didn't have a connection to the thing I played, the thing that was, like, the beginning of the next chain, and he failed it, and, and immediately failed, and he was like, you know what, I'll just go on my own. I was like, fuck. And I don't know if that's scripted. That could have been a scripted thing. That's right. something like I don't know enough about. I'm not far enough into the game. I haven't done like a new playthrough to see if that could go a different way. Um, uh, but but I'm really curious about it. It has such a cool vibe. The the character designs are all really, really like bright and colorful. Um, uh, the world is like f- fantasy modernity. Like I'm definitely some sort of cat person or something. Right. Um, uh, and people have like you know what it reminds me of his diaries of a spaceport janitor a little bit if if people remember that game that I love bright ca- bright colors lots of like characters with really cool hair um uh and it's neat it's neat to see one of these that is not basically here is I'm casting fireball you know what I right, mean right. um so that said I heard Slay the Spire has an alpha with a new character that I want to go play so oh yeah that's the monk heard. the mo- yeah some sort of monk yeah yeah we'll see the I different stances into it. yeah that's what I've heard I need to get into it uh I also played some Zone of the Enders, it's the second runner of Mars. I just went back and played like four hours of what? Zone of the Enders 2. I don't know. Where? I was thinking about Kojima. I was did you play that Mechs. in VR? I heard that, game, heard that game was pretty cool in VR. I did not play it in VR because I was playing it on PC where I don't have a, ah. a VR headset. Um, I don't think it's in VR on PC. I think that might be. No, they added VR. it. They did add it. They did. Oh, did yeah, they? Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Because uh, I looked at I was like, oh, wow, that would be cool. I don't have a VR headset on this computer. So I played those games. Um, that localization is way worse than I remember it. It's very funny. Like, there are sequences where you can feel that it's the first draft. I mean, I don't know that it's the first draft, but it has that vibe of like, these are just the words. These are not, these aren't, that's not what that means, really. Or like the, it's clear that like the direction of the, of the, um, the voice acting does not actually mean the, like they couldn't get the thing out of the out of the character. You know what I mean? Okay. There's a bit here where it's like there's a bit where at one point someone says like this organization's war potential is very strong. Like war potential uh-huh. <laughs> war potential? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's those are probably the kanji. The kanji is probably war and potential. But what <laughs> you were supposed to say is like battle strength or you know, something. Something that is that sounds like a thing I would have heard once in English. <laughs> um and it's fine. Like uh, and that game is still pretty fun. Zipping around in that mech is good. Um the it's there's the Vic Viper from the um was it Radius? What what Gradius? Which which what is the Vic Viper from? Which uh, that sounds. I think that's from not our type. Yeah, it's Gr- Gradius. Gradius is Konami, it's Gradius, right? Yeah. yeah, from Gradius is just in that game as a transforming mech, which is cool, uh, and it has it has some fun moments. So I, I put some time into that for some fucking reason. It's because I'm excited about mechs in in a real way right now because of, because of Deus Ex Machina and because of announcing the next Friends of the Table season is going to be another mech season. So hell yeah, you know that's where my head is. Mechs. Um, 
we should take a break before we, we do anything else. I don't know how much else we have, but I got some questions, so maybe I'll pull some of those up. I play I played a little Borderlands. Okay, we talk we about can, Borderlands. We'll take a break, like. and then we'll come back. We'll talk some Borderlands. I've mostly I'll save my comments. So BRB. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we're back. Patrick, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Here's oh, what I can finally. I you know what I've been <laughs> biting my tongue for too long. You know, I can't that's what I'm that's what people constantly say about you. Yeah, Austin that he doesn't talk, he doesn't speak his mind enough. <laughs> he hides his light under a bushel. That just does, that's never shares say. anything with the world. God. Um so I have mostly seen people dunking on the humor of this game. Uh, yep. and then I've seen a small contingent of people I think this represents just like who I follow on Twitter is like I said, a lot of people excited about how bad it is in terms of its writing and pointing out bad jokes and sharing things that are just like corny as shit or hyper referential or whatever. Um, And then I've seen a few people being like, one, this has always been the series and I like it despite this. Two, I think it's funny, actually. Three, let me have the thing that I really like. Because I haven't had one of these in a few years. Uh, and then somewhere in the mix time. is it's also... Been like five, it's been like five years since the... Totally, the, yeah. Especially sure. if you don't count pre-sequel as like a... a, a right. I know it was an official one, but it wasn't made by Gearbox. Well, and I think part of it too, the other thing that I've seen is these are people who... I think there was an assumption on a lot of a lot of people's part that was like, oh, and then that audience went on to play Destiny or other shooters. But they there is an audience for whom that is not what they want. What they want is Borderlands. So I'm curious for you. I don't know where you fall in that spectrum of things. I'm curious what your experience of Borderlands 3 has been so far. Well, so uh, winding the clock all the way back, I – so um, the first time I saw Borderlands was at the uh, – I think it was the first E3 where they were like showing off Bioshock and stuff like that. I went and I had an appointment with 2K and I don't think I saw Bioshock. I think that went to like some other writer – um, I don't know what I was doing. I got maybe I was with maybe I was with Giant Bomb. I don't know. Um, either, no, I was with G four. I think. Um, and uh, so I saw Borderlands before they did the art revamp. Like and mm-hmm. like the like so people think of like it, it's hard to like uh, uh, pull Borderlands away from like its distinctive art style, which seems less distinctive now. But at the time, it was like not very common in video games to have something sort of like that uh, style, you know, cartoonish. It was like very vibrant and different than what you were seeing in a lot of like, you know, gritty video games. Um, and that game was not developed with that in mind. They changed that art pretty significantly through development. Like the whole pitch of Borderlands to start mm. was what if a game with a million guns? Like that was their whole hook was like, it's a sci-fi shooter, gritty, real, you know, semi-realistic look and a billion guns. And it's so like, I saw that version of the game prior to them changing the art. 
Um, don't remember a thing about it um, except for the <laughs> the gun part. So like their PR message stuck. Um, but like the, the I, I don't know why I never played these games. Uh, I uh, for some I, most big franchises at some point I like dip in and like see what I think of it. And I think I played like a little bit of the original Borderlands, but I like just not very much. Um, and so I will say like the, some the kind of like narrative that has taken hold about this game in certain circles. I do feel like it has become trendy and fun to dunk on this game's writing in a way that feels not necessarily in concert with the way we treat like most other games. It's like, it's popular and it's cool to say Borderlands writing is shitty. And so then you get a lot of people looking for any excuse to poke at Borderlands writing and say, it's shitty. Um, so I think that is happening here um, to some degree. Um, it's As not a question, this... though, is the writing also shitty? So I don't know because I wasn't listening to anything while I was playing it. I was playing. So the reason I wanted to play three. <laughs> so let me explain. Let me explain. Though. It's not because yeah, I was ignoring yeah, 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 yeah. it. Okay. So um, my uh, one of my really good friends, um, uh, like, right. he's got a couple of franchises that are just like like he's obsessed with and borderlands is one of them like has played each of the games like a bunch of different times <laughs> like we'll play them again just because eh i'll just play borderlands again like like that like level of just like pure like just love for this specific type of shooter doesn't play destiny like you know like despite their other being loot sort of thing and so and it really has nothing it's way less to do with the humor in the world he just like likes the loop of the game so much and um and the randomness of the gun so like uh, I was like, okay, I want to play this with you. Like, I, I want to co-op it with you, and we'll like kind of jump in as each of us starts going through the game. So, like, as a result of that, when you play a co-op game where you're like talking a lot with someone, you know, I wasn't really listening to the NPCs. It would be like you'd go up to someone, they'd give us the goal, and I was more usually when they were speaking, I was more focused on like filtering through all the trash the game was giving me because like I'm like. I, I don't play a ton of like loot based games, but like, man, in Borderlands, like every five steps, it feels like, cool, yeah. I need a second. Like, I need to funnel through like everything that I have, whether to sell it or to dump it. Like, you're just constantly doing inventory churn in the game to the point where I just wasn't. I, I it meant last night to sit down with the game for like 90 minutes and be like, oh, I should actually like, pay attention to some of the writing and characters and like see if I have any response to it. Like, if it, is it purely. Can can I validate my theory that it's not particularly great writing, but people are just being like obnoxious about it because it's a fun thing to dunk on, or is it really that bad and it's like worthy of of people sort of like taking it to task to that degree? And instead, I moment I got my daughter to bed, like I was exhausted and like turned it on and like just did not have the effort to the energy to get through it. Um, but like the way I played it, I think is how maybe like a lot of people play it is is my sense is that. It's just noise. It's white noise. Like, it's just there. Like, I think maybe critics focus on it more because we tend to focus on that stuff more. But I think there's a certain segment of the audience that, like, it's that's just Borderlands, man. Like, that's just what it is for for better or worse and for worse for people who want, like, stuff that's maybe genuinely funny or subversive. But I don't know that Borderlands has ever pitched itself as being that. It has always been low-hanging fruit. Um and a very mainstream approach to comedy that, uh, and I'm not even necessarily trying to defend it as much as like, that is what it is. And I don't know the Borderlands three, like Borderlands two, what was the whole thing? Like, ah, it's so, so many memes from Reddit. Um, right. Like that yeah. was the way that people uh -huh. talked about that game. Um, so right, for but I think people, that the people who wrote that game thought that game was funny. 
Sure. Well, who cares if they think it's funny? Like it's like, like the intention, their intention like is, is le- I'm less interested in than the response of like the mass sure. audience of players and how they're responding <clears> to it, because it's going to make more sense that Gearbox gears it to them rather than like the, 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 the high minded critics that want like better from their low hanging fruit jokes. Um, I just think it's disproportionate. It feels disproportionate for what the game is attempting to do or wants to do that. I don't think it matters that much because in playing the game for three hours, like I was way more interested in like the perks and my weapon and just like getting through a dungeon. I just didn't care. I just wasn't paying attention to the writing at all. Cause I don't think the game centers it that much, but I do know the people who are saying like, if you are playing by yourself, like, I can see why that would be different because you are then forced to focus on the audio design in a way that I can imagine if the writing is particularly grating to you that it's going to surface it because it's more it's more top heavy because you are interacting with it more. Whereas like I'm sitting and like bullshitting with my friend while we're shooting and it's just we're not paying attention to the dialogue that much. Or you could get the the item that has perks that seem to be references mm. about the uh, the stuff with Randy Pitchford and the allegations around the USB drive filled with underage pornography and his, his response to that around how it was actually just porn of um, what he called a magic trick. Did you see that going around, Patrick? I did, I did. Okay. And then, that also makes me wonder if, like, some of this is, like, people don't like Randy Pitchford and plenty of reasons to not like Randy plenty Pitchford. Plenty of reasons. Like, like plenty of legi- legitimate grievances. And I can imagine it must be frustrating to be on that development team to have someone like him constantly centering themselves in the worst possible way uh, around this game. But it does also seem like th- people have uh, an axe to grind with Randy. Again, like good reasons, but, but, but right. But the way the axe is being grinded is against a game that like Lord knows how much influence he actually has over its creative development. And so like, it does feel like there's a little bit of like, cool, Randy, fuck you. And we're going to fuck you by like focusing in on like d- dialogue, you know, like little descriptors for, for weapons. I, I, I just feel it's disproportionate and feels like people have an extra ground against Randy and maybe it's not commiserate with the game and its own, you know, inadequacies. But then again, you haven't listened to the game very much. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think there's, there's an element of, I think, I think we all, we're, to varying degrees, a lot of us are probably guilty of this, where there's this moment where we realize we don't like somebody, and those reasons can be very good. Sometimes they can be very petty, uh, but sometimes they're entirely justified. But it almost doesn't matter the magnitude. We just decide, like, at some point, we're fucking done with this person. But then the other thing that a lot of happens is we don't even want to admit we liked or ever bought into what they were putting out there, right? Like, not mm-hmm. only do I not like this person anymore, actually, now that I think of it, the thing they're known for always sucked. That was always bad. And if you really think about it, we've known it all along. And I think there's some of that happening with with Pitchford. And sometimes also, though, there's a lot of truth to that, right? Like sometimes you learn more about somebody and what's animating them. And you look at their like creative output or their or their body of work in public. And you realize like, shit, um, there were always kind of these signs. Yeah. In I, this I, case, I, they were bad oh, jokes. Like that's the th- that's the thing that's tough. Is like, 
I my suspicion is I would not be able to get through two hours of this game without being because I know how I play games, which is even when I'm playing with other people, I have the sound on. I'm groaning at jokes. I'm mm. being like, wow, that was a really cool narrative beat. That was like I'm the person who's like, no, wait, don't skip the cutscene. The cutscene yeah. is playing. I'm that fucking person, uh, even with a game like this. Um, and so my suspicion is I would. I would find a lot here to personally dunk on, even if my Twitter feed isn't a collection of those jokes. Um, uh, but I do, it is, it is that thing of like, this person's a shithead. And now retroactively, this is my excuse to be in on, I, I don't know. Like there's a degree to which I stopped giving a fuck, I guess, in terms of like wanting to rally to the defense. But I, but there is, but, but it, I guess I'm also not always super eager to pile on in those moments because I know that what I really want to be doing is just pointing again at these specific instances of shittiness. And I think I'm, I am uh, happy to just do that. You know, um, I guess that that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, the, it seems like the fire is disproportionately focused at borderlands because people are looking or itching for a reason to knock on Pitchford, which is which is valid. And so Borderlands being out and then having, you know, and it seems many instances like some, you know, like easy uh, things to pick at, like becomes like fodder. Flip side, though, is to a degree, this feels a little bit like uh, I don't know. This is this is the thing that does drive me a little bit crazy in the discourse and the loops we get into yeah. where there's sort of the first reaction. People observe a phenomenon, but a lot of people are observing it. So it seems deafening. Yes. Like suddenly, oh, I guess I guess it's the cool thing now is to not like Borderlands anymore. And so then you have this sort of contrarian take, which is no, no, no I have the appropriate level of disdain for this writing. The writing is very bad, but me, <laughs> brain genius, sees that it's always been this <laughs> mediocre and you're just trying to stunt on this game because you have other motives here that really don't belong that are being uh disproportionate to use that word disproportionately focused on this particular incidence of it and i think at that point you're trying to assess people's motives in terms of having probably what began as an organic reaction and i want to be wary of that too because this is kind of how we got to what we talked about last week where there was this idea that you know if you really think about pewdiepie actually he's reaching a new audience he's very funny i think it's just these media types who don't like what he's doing and don't like his act and there was kind of the self-conscious like it's gone too far, but I'm going to impose some good sense on this conversation about how people react to the guy who makes rape jokes in, in his YouTube videos. And in retrospect, that person ends up looking dumb, too. Like, I, I, like the loops we get into with just the way these conversations happen online, I think end up the conversation always ends up being about the conversation and not necessarily the subject in a way that feels really cloying. Mm -hmm. uh, the point I do want to make here, by the way, just as a, this is also the, if you count the telltale adventures, we've been to this song and dance a number of times in terms of humor. This is the, well, those are apparently well, time. like really, well, I really like they the, were. the one of those that I played through that actually felt like, wow, this is the borderlands. I wish I'd had the whole time. And I, and also I do want to be clear, like I, this is not my hill to die on. Like I was no, always no, no. sort of like mount, like, you were responding like, like no emotion. I pre yeah, yeah, like no emotional investment in Borderlands. I mostly just like 
I have a friend who doesn't call me enough. And so I was like, fine, I'll play the fucking video game that you play all the time, <laughs> even though you live around the corner. And so maybe then we can chat more often because you work a lot and you don't have a lot of free time. So I'm going to get in, get into you through Borderlands. Well, was, you, I like, I like how you save that castigation of your friend <laughs> to be like, but no. I appreciate your valid reasons <laughs> for blowing me off and us not being in touch anymore. I'm a dad. I get it. Uh, so, but this is the, like we've we've been to this uh, you know dog and pony show a few times now, and something that hit me when I watched some of the trailers for Borderlands is there's always been something I found a little bit uh, unctuous or simpering about the, the the game, and that it so badly wants you to be having a good time. Yeah, it so badly mm-hmm. wants this to feel like just the wackiest, goofiest, fun shit we could possibly be doing. And when you're doing that and adhering to a formula for the third, fourth time with with a game like this, I think there is a point where maybe this just stu- this stuff just lands differently. Maybe the fourth time you hear this kind of humor and this kind of joke and this kind of game, there is a point that you just sort of hit that point where you realize like, no, this is just all to your point, Patrick. It's all background noise. It's white noise. This is the sound that Borderlands make. Yep. It makes. And the sound it makes is slightly grating humor at this point that's desperate to convince you it's that good, we're all just good. having a good time here in the Skinner box. It's a it's a comedy that's in like in its seventh season. And it's like, we just gotta wrap it up. Like, it's like yes. it's after Steve Carell yeah. left the office, it's like, cool, let's just keep going. And like it's fine. Like we've got the formula. Like we'll just do this. And it's just like, nah, that should have been the sign. Like, like, and this happens to all sorts of, you know, uh, especially American comedies where they're trying to eke out to getting uh, the uh, uh, syndication payout. And so they just go for way too long um, until they just completely run out of steam. And Borderlands 3 feels that way. We're like the try hard nature of one and two on some level, like it was owning that and it felt, maybe even earnest to a certain degree. Um, whereas like it was aware that it was being try hard and in three and maybe, you know, like the meme stuff, like almost plays into that where it's like, yeah, look, look, like this is what we're, this is what we're sourcing our material from. And that lines up very much with a, a mainstream audience that is going to treat something as just a, thing of the moment and laugh at a meme like that i, I can right, see that's the other thing is are we also just on living those lives where we know the meme the memes have died for us right like there's a big dick energy joke that people have been sending around and it's like i can't imagine making a big dick energy joke this year <laughs> like it's it's we we did it it's gone he broke we're, he broke we're, his we're broke neck out here yeah totally um and to rob's point the other thing is like i think when i think about something like Claptrap has always been Cousin Oliver, right? That sitcom analogy makes perfect sense of like, oh, wait a second. We got we got a thing here. We got we got Claptrap. People like Claptrap. Put Claptrap in everything. Yeah. Put right. Claptrap up front. You can play as Claptrap now. And and in the game where you can get a gun that shoots guns, like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Okay. Yeah. That's that's gonna be the ethos. There it's always gonna be that thing. Um, so I yeah, I don't know. I Found myself and three feels like weekend. it's spinning its wheels in such a way that mm. even as an outsider who's just mostly just witnessed reactions to this game, even the third one, like it took you like, this long to make like this, like this is, and this will that, that'll be fine for like my friend will be perfectly happy because like he doesn't, he's not online, he doesn't read the discourse, he's just like, cool, you made another Borderlands. It's been a while since one of those, like that's fine, hey. and that's gonna be a. 
sorry. No, you finish your thought. Mm-hmm. Come back to me because I realized something. Uh, and and I think uh, I think part of like the the reaction to Borderlands is a bit of like you took look this long to do this. Like things have changed. Like humor has changed. Like our tastes have changed. And it's like yeah, this is probably going to be successful. But I I think there was maybe Borderlands went away for you know five plus years. You come back with and it's like oh like. The goalpost didn't move at all for Borderlands. Borderlands just sort of like stayed where it already was. And that may, may mean it's success, successful and, and do just fine for its like target audience. But I think part of the dunking is born out of like, you know, it doesn't even seem like you tried to like move in a in a, in a direction. So anyway, what, what did you, what was your I, revelation? Speaking of the goalposts not changing, do you know mm-hmm. what I have not fucking seen at all is gamer rage that this game is only on the fucking epic store well there was for a while you missed it you missed it it happened uh this game is has twice as many concurrence as borderlands 2 has ever had on the epic store so it's like that audience did not i mean who knows maybe would have done quadruple if it came out on steam maybe probably it probably but who knows how much uh, epic paid for it you know Sure, tens totally, of millions of dollars. Totally, totally. Like who who knows how much they like um, I'm just saying in comparison to like the rollout of death threats for a small indie game. Uh sure, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like Ooblets? It's revealing. It's well, revealing. They don't, get, they don't actually care about they those games. They don't actually fucking care. This is well, this is ju- this is the image from Modern Warfare 2 and the dedicated servers. Like <laughs> don't buy Modern Warfare 2 because it doesn't have dedicated servers. Capture uh-huh. an image of that Steam Club. They're all playing Modern Warfare 2 because the death threats they issue to game developers. They don't give a shit about those games. Like they're not gonna. They weren't ever going to play them. They all wanted to play Borderlands and bought it anyway. Rob, sorry. Well, and all, and also, there's ne- there's basically never a good faith argument behind the people. Like, <laughs> here's the, here's a tell. Whenever someone's making personal death threats against somebody <laughs> over something that doesn't seem remotely like a life or death situation. Everything else can probably also be discarded because that's probably not on the level either. That's probably not also not a good faith position they're staking out. Like, I think there's an element of what, like, I think what the dedicated servers thing was is that people wanted to play Call of Duty. And when the chips were down, by God, they were going to play Call of Duty on whatever terms Activision was offering. They, they, yeah. they couldn't they couldn't sort of hold the boycott together. I think with uh, a game like Borderlands versus who gets most aggressively targeted uh, with with these death threats, with these sort of uh, two-minute hates over Epic Store exclusivity, I think there's a combination of, in the case of indies, uh, sometimes there's a visible – in some of these cases, there's a visible woman involved. Uh, but also I think there's just – visible people that you can reach and affect with your vitriol Mm -hmm. and that makes it more attractive, right? Like, Oh, I can like actually hurt these people because of this thing. I'm mildly inconvenienced or irritated by, I can transform my irritation into someone's, someone else's nightmare. And I can see that happen. And therefore I get feedback on that. And I put that out in the world. Totally. You're not going to get that from gearbox. You're you're just not like to a degree. It's it's very much the yelling at you know old man yells at cloud. You, like <laughs> it makes sense to do it when it's a couple indies because those are people who have names and like you can you can look up who they are and you can see it land. And a lot of indies 
tend to address things on a really personal level. They tend like when they discuss things publicly, it's not we the company. It's here's me. This is me. This is who I am. This is where this yeah, there's, there's in my no life. corporate PR to step in and be like, hey, actually, don't respond to this. Like we'll monitor right. it. Like just go back and do your your job. We will we will handle the fallout of this. It's no, that who handles right. the fallout is the people who do the PR and community management, which are the people who make the game. And thus they're put in a box where they're just exposed to the toxicity at a level that you just wouldn't get otherwise. <sighs> right. Which shout outs to those people who have to deal with that shit. We've seen that shit firsthand. It sucks. Uh, or also you could be Randy Pitchford and just get into fights all day on Twitter. So just why would lift, you do what was, what was that? Um, that thread mm. that 17 post thread. I read. Yeah, but what was that one? What was that one quote? Why, like, why the fuck would you, why would you betray me like this? Why would you betray me like this? Fuck off. God, God damn. Ah, oh, God. Um, I want to shout out a couple other small things uh, before we, we move on. Uh, I want to shout out a game called, uh, God, I, I'm not going to get the pronunciation right. Uh, Mutazione? 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 Uh, it is a game by, uh, it, is a, it is strange that it's not what I thought the this crew would make next. Um, it is, uh, what is the name of the company that made uh, Johann Sebastian Joust? It's a it's oh, a German die, name. Die Gut Gutfabrik or Sagat. Gutfabrik. Yeah, Die Gutfabrik uh, is uh, made this game called Mutazione. M U T A Z I O N E. Mutazione. Uh, it is an adventure game. It is gorgeous. Um, in which you are a a human, I believe. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, and you're going <laughs> to visit your grandfather who is uh, nearing death, who lives on an island with a bunch of cool mutants. Um, and the vibes are like, there's some there's some Wes Anderson vibes uh, in the typography uh, <laughs> and in the cuts. Uh, there is some real like Kentucky Route Zero stuff happening in the edges so far. Um, and it is this very sweet story of this person coming to this community that uh, she has a, a deep connection to, but that she doesn't really know. No, uh, it's also a gardening game. I've only just barely gotten to the gardening stuff, um, but it's like a point and click adventure. You're exploring this little island. You're talking to characters. Time is progressing. Uh, people are going through like little storylines uh, about their relationships and about their aspirations in life, and and uh, all of it is has incredible music, um, and it is uh, just a. It has been a very cool thing so far to kind of sit with the music is incredible there's such like an atmosphere to this little island um i'm i'm super excited to put some more time into it i don't have anything final yet i've played like 90 minutes or something mm. um there's a moment in that game where you get a book filled with like information about all the plants on the on the um the island uh, your grandfather basically is like leaving it to you to finish uh and i was like okay there's probably gonna be like seven things in here or something and I would like flip through seven things and realize I was still only at A. And I was like, oh shit, there's a bunch of plants on this island. Yeah. Um, and that ties into the gardening and you, it's it's very cool. Uh, I, I need to sit with it a lot longer because it seems like a bigger thing than what I expected to be. I expected to like sit down and be like, oh, I'm going to knock this out in three hours. But it yeah. actually seems a little beefier than that oh, in terms nice. of what its focus is and what the the way it wants me to kind of sit with it, which is which is cool. Um, so I want to check out this kind words game that me too. Like, I've seen some people talking about, uh, people yeah. are aware the, the, the short pitch is it's a, it's a game where you send anonymous confessional letters to strangers. Basically. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know like how it works from there, but basically it's a game of people saying like being very, uh, 
vulnerable and sending little notes to one another and the couple of, and I, I think Patricia Hernandez was the first person I saw who wrote about it uh, a couple of months back. Um, I know it's gotten some write-ups. I think it's available maybe on uh, a Steam now, um, but it is apparently like very heartwarming and sad and like a just a, an interesting experience. Um, so I've uh, I just want to give that a shout out. I want to put it on my list to see what it, what it's all about. But I know I've heard a lot of really positive things. People are looking for. <laughs> Something the opposite of a Borderlands kind word sounds about like you as as far yeah. away from, as you could get. It is such a so the yeah the, the whole premise on that game is that you are receiving like letters from people uh, about uh, crises or struggles or just like anxieties, questions, dilemmas that they have, um, and you can respond to them uh, and send them stickers, and it plays like lo-fi hip hop beats while you do, and. It is a very earnest thing from what I've seen. Uh, I watched uh, Brad Shoemaker play some of it over on uh, Giant Bombs on Professional Fridays last week. Um, and that same st- that stream both was like, wow, this is really cool. This is real. I get this. I would like to play this and be in this game. And also immediately revealed the like, I hope they have a good moderation system in place, which Rob was the yeah. first thing he brought up to me. Because like after 15 or 20 minutes of really cool shit, He's, so one of the things that happens is besides sending uh, uh, dilemmas and, and responses back and forth, there are also these paper airplanes that just fly through the the kind of space, and you can click on them for just like a little burst of like you know encouragement. Uh, in this case, two of those letters nearly back to back had some really bad shit in them. Um, mm. uh, so, including well, some curious, like, like virulent. Not that I want to. Not that I want to go like blow by blow here, but I'm curious. Would, would there have been obvious words in those letters that like any sort of automatic yeah, the first filtering one was, no, would have caught? The, so the first one was a reference to an anime series that sexualizes boys, little boys, like children. Um, and that did not – would not get picked up by like – and it wasn't a like – it was not the, – the note itself didn't. The note was like – is like I got it's like to trick you into Googling it and be like, gotcha. You right. looked up this thing right. that you probably don't have any interest in personally. Uh, and then the second one was straight up like anti Semitic classic stereotypes around what there was it was basically like the Jews control the world, right? It was basically like right. Jews control the media and and banks and blah 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 blah. Uh, and like n- you should probably if I was designing this game. I would make it so that you probably shouldn't be able to – you could probably type that and hit send, but I wouldn't – you would make it that I would never see it. The other player would never see it or the world would never see it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and like, yes, can I conceive of questions that are – it's tough. It's like I can conceive of someone being like I'm Jewish and I go – I've dealt with a lot of anti-Semitism lately. I would love to get some like anonymous encouragement or thoughts from the world about the fact that I do this. Um, uh, but I, it's so hard to imagine anything other than manual moderators knowing how to find that nuance, which is a conversation we've had on this podcast before. It's a conversation that they've had over at Motherboard a lot, both on cyber and just like in general Motherboard's coverage. Like moderation is a difficult thing um, and figuring out like classifying sentiment specifically as to like, oh, is this a genuine question or is this like some fucking gross shit uh, is a difficult 
thing for machine learning or for for automatic filters to do. Um, and uh, so, yeah, like I, I, it is definitely a frustrating thing to think like, oh, this thing has such the potential for brightness. Um, you're just watching that stream, seeing Brad just be so like – joyous about the experience minus mm. those two moments obviously right. um was like yeah this has a place in in people's lives like i this style of thing i want this to be there also and you can report messages like there are it is not like there's no mechanism there um but it's not very transparent in terms of like what happens when someone gets reported uh is that just like a flag does it pull a message out of the way and then more importantly the thing that is so tough for me about it is it i mean in some ways this is like very apropos uh in that the people who are most likely to be harmed by striking that material are the ones who are most eager for this sort of thing. Like the folks who are like, I really fucking need this are the ones who have to do the labor of like, and this is a thing that this is a landmine someone else could step on. Let me report this. Um, whereas like if you're in that, if you're in that zone where you're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to dip in for like some cool messages. You might be in that space where that thing comes by and you're like, oh, this fucking sucks next. But like, yeah, next for you is easy. Whereas for the person who was like already fucking down on, uh, down on themselves right then who like hits that, that slur is like, Oh, this is the worst. This is the last thing I wanted. Or worse, sends out a message and gets a response that is hostile or shaming or is giving the sort of like, quote unquote, well-intentioned advice that actually just makes someone feel worse, right? That's the thing. Like, right. that's this is like what the nightmare of like post-secret, like someone yes. can talk yeah. back to you through post-secret <laughs> yes. or something like that. Totally. Yeah. And this is the thing that really made me nervous when I saw that was – one of the cool things about like things we've seen like that where people open up anonymously and get good feedback, that is very affirming, but that becomes a very different thing when it's just into the flood, like when the floodgates are open. And that's what really scared me about that game is for me, that is a cute curiosity. Oh, cool. I can just like write, like I can see cute things and send nice messages while listening to chill lo-fi hip hop beats. Uh, that's basically how I roll in my apartment sometimes too. So, you know, it's not, not that different, but like on the day when I really need that game, when I really need that, when I really need that, that boost, I don't want to be worrying about, I clicked on it and it's like, Oh, right. The world is horrible and full of people who like, will not just say something shitty, but like try to do it in the most malicious and insidious way possible. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's also just like, it's a $5 game on Steam, so it's like, that barrier of entry to be a fucking troll is not that high. It is not one of those things where it's like, oh, no one's gonna spend 50 bucks to blah 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 to do this. I mean, people would anyway. That's yeah. the world we live in, but you know. Um, eh, I, I'm so gonna, I am so gonna try to check it out and, and see, like, what that feels like. My hope, my weird hope, is that it leaves the public consciousness pretty quickly. Uh, my hope is it's yeah, successful. Yeah, this, this is the kind of thing where it's like, you wanna mention it, People yeah. that need it can gravitate to it and that everyone else just moves along because yes. it's it's not sustainable for it to be – For it to blow up. Popular. Yeah, totally. Like it it's like that stand-up like comedy game. Do you remember that thing 
where it was like an open mic style thing. There was a game where it was like basically right. uh, uh, like a room. It was like a CG, not CG, but like, you know, 3D polygonal room. Yeah. And then you could get on a microphone and just do open mic sets. And of course, people, the the premise behind it was people were like, oh, wow. Today we could, you know, with, with uh, sort of like voice syncing technology and lip syncing technology, we could just like have like a cool, you know, character up on a stage doing a, a live set and someone could just do their, you know, practice their, their you know, type five or whatever. And the answer, of course, was like, no, people are going to get up there and just read through a list of slurs. People are going to get up there and say the most vile shit yeah. uh, to an audience who's hooting and hollering because it's filled with people who also want to do that. Uh, and three people who are there earnestly who want to genuinely tell jokes. Um, and so, yeah, like it's hard to know when one of these things will become a vector for uh, people who want to use it in the most malign way. Well, it's, and if it feels uh, similar to um, like when you write about a cool fan project and then as a result of your article, they get a, a cease and desist. And it's like this weird like situation to be in. And you'll notice this like every time there's like a Kotaku piece, especially if it's like a Kotaku or like a really high profile piece. Um, where it's like, why did you write about this cool thing? It's like, so you know about the cool thing. It's like, I know, but you just killed the cool thing, which is like, I mean, what do you have to do? You know, you, you find a cool story, you share it. That's not, you know, it's not on you to... Uh, control like Nintendo's, you know, aggressive, you know, cease and desist policies. But it feels similar in the same vein of just like how do how do we get it so that people know about a thing without unleashing the negative consequences that can sometimes go along with the that. Yahoo free anime train, <laughs> as it were. We're owning that. We're owning that one. We're taking. We feel like we shut, took that one down. Yeah, it's it's on us. I think we yeah. talked about it. It died. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, anything else this week? I got one question here in the question bucket that I'm curious about because uh, because sure. uh, what's up? Sad to report. Oh, for the first time in five years. Yeah, five years. Five years. What's I happening? will not be getting a Destiny you didn't t-shirt. Get the Destiny shirt. You didn't get the shirt. I didn't get the Destiny I shirt. First, I thought it was gonna be like, oh, the, rec- the, record- the recording is busted. We lost the entire show. <laughs> I know. Um, I found oh a new hard base. Do you, you remember fucking E3, Kato? Uh-huh. Do you remember the Kato that we had at E3 where constantly yeah. Kato would just be like, oh. I'm like, what happened? You're like, oh, nothing. I just thought about a nice looking fox. I was like, <laughs> What are you talking? Why did you make a sigh like everything was on fire? Or you'd be like, "Oh no!" And I'm like, "Oh, what's up? What's up, Kato?" And he's like, "I he's forgot like, oh, to get a burrito. Uh, I, got, a, I got an itch I got- on my arm, and I need to scratch it." You were absolutely was, every like, day was like that doctor third, in Arrested exactly. Development. It was, we lost him. I feel like a third of those times it was something breaking. Though. Well, that was the problem. When there was enough real problems, but, but it also but, wasn't clear when that was happening either, no. Kato. It was like you you, you hear just like a little, little like snicker or oh, something. So like good. what what happened? Oh, uh, uh, stream's dead, and we lost the last ten minutes of recording. It's like. <laughs> but that I love seemed it. bad. I love it. That's right. the, that's the, the gallows humor we need around here. Excellent. Um, so I'm wait. Glad. So which t-shirt was it? Was a cool this? destiny shirt. Yeah. It was just, was this a the moments cool of triumph shirt? What was this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the moments of triumph. What they do uh, basically every year uh, after you do a bunch of things. I'm googling the shirt. I want to see like what's the new one. Is it um, is it the burgundy right. one? Yeah, the burgundy one. Wait. One holy shit. That's a cool shirt. Kato. What? You ever heard of the site called eBay.com? I was thinking the same thing, but there's a there's a thing there's a thing there's a problem. Is it does it puts your gamer tag on the on, on the, the shirt? Okay, 
Gross. Okay. I know yeah. this is. I'm looking at a logo and it says your gamer tag here. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kato. There, yeah. Do you feel you deserved it? Ooh. Y- yes. Here's the thing. Hold on. Can we so just in- buy him the shirt. <laughs> No, no, we can't. You, money can't buy this, Austin. That's very fucking clear. This is like I some things up. you can't buy. I fucked up. It so, doesn't matter if you're a whale. Yeah. This is for players. Right. Uh, I mean, it's technically listed for $7 million, $777,777.77. That was too many sevens. All but, right. <laughs> Time to go start up our fucking GoFundMe. <laughs> People have been asking for a subscription option for a long time here at Waypoint. We don't have buy that. Kato but what we shirt. do have is buy Cotto the shirt fund. Uh, uh, yeah, and the way that usually works, it feels like the moments of triumphs are things that you've done over the course of that year. Right. Uh, and they were mostly. I got to 11 out of 15 required for the shirt. And those last four, right. none of those are things that I could do in the last week when I was like mm. checking in. It's like, oh, I've done most of this. What were those things? Are those things was, that were like doable generally for you? Yeah, if I had known like a month ago, maybe, and like kept at it, but I was playing Iceborne. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> like, to the reviewer's life. Yeah. Let me tell you this, Kato. No more free t-shirts. <sighs> you didn't tell you. It's not a free t-shirt. What? You unlock the chance to buy it. You unlock. Yeah. Oh. How much is it? It's like thirty dollars okay. because like a they t-shirt price. because they like, okay. do the thing. They do the customization, the shirt right? It doesn't. Uh, it's only your gamer tag that's customized, right? Yeah. It doesn't have like bespoke heraldry for your particular oh, moments sick. of triumph. No, no. The the the, the heraldry is for that year. A bit like when you started Destiny year. Two and it had that trip down memory yeah. lane oh, in yeah, Destiny so One. Good. It was like, here's the things you you did. That was great because like, I got my all. My God, what too. memories! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was incredible. It reminded me how good Destiny One was by yeah. the end, and. Uh, we're getting there with yeah. two. Set like a high bar. We, oh, I'm going to fucking play that game. Yes, please. Every love, week I say I want to Love to slowly claw back to <laughs> where the Taken King yeah. was. Taken King like, was boy, so someday good. this game's going to be as good as it was after the Taken King, King, Look, King I think came out, right? Forsaken yeah, was a Taken one. King moment. I, th- I, I think, think Forsaken think was, was as good yeah. as Taken King was. Absolutely. Especially if you were there week two. Here's the weird thing about it. It's like you had to be there. A little bit with the way that they changed the 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 way they dripped out like story content right, after right, the right. the like initial campaign. Like there was continual week to week. Like here's a new story bit. Here's a new story bit. And like if you kept up, you were rewarded with like really cool lore stuff. And like not even just like here's backstory lore stuff. Like here's shit happening in the world as right. it, as it continues to exist. Um, Does that also seem problematic though? Like, yeah, I mean, not problematic in the capital yeah, yeah. P problematic <laughs> sense that we sometimes use it, but more in the like, what about me, Kato? Yes. What about me, the Destiny curious Absolutely. friend who's like, I love Destiny. You know, you know, I'm a Destiny. I'm a friend no. of Destiny well, way back. Well, that's we the, back, that's the trick, right? But that's the fucking trick. I it's miss like, some I, crucial steps, and I, now how do, I can't get the train is gone. No, you, you can't. You can't. So you better get on it now, so you don't yeah. miss the stuff coming up. No, I'm just gonna that, walk. That's the shit. I'm not gonna get on train. That they're that's, trying to fucking do. Yeah. Uh, it's. I'm gonna log in there and I'm gonna be like, "What, what do you mean, Cade's gone? Right. I've still got story <laughs> quests I'm getting." From not that. only is Cade gone, but spoilers. Other spoilers. If, if you care about Destiny, I guess fucking Aldrin got shot at the end of that campaign, right? That's the that's Ultron. Bro- Ultron. Ultron. Pet- that guy. That guy fucking sucked. Guess what? He's, He's- back. He's a guardian. See, this like is, three a lot months going later, on. they they well, fucking is ghost- he still talking to his ghost sister or whatever. Is she still around? Is that uh, the person I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, um, she's Queen back. Mar- she's real. Oh, she's Marisab? real. That wasn't her in the campaign. Okay. 
that was a that was a ahamkara. That was a wish. Dragon. Oh, of course, a wish dragon. One you of know. those fucking wish dragons. Fucking every wish time, dragons man. every time. <laughs> you know, the, Destiny has I, some Destiny's cool lore. Destiny's got some cool fucking lore. Yeah. I'm telling you, they're diving into it. It's well, good. Thank you for catching us up on the team. I'm going to show up to the Dreaming City. It's going to be a ghost town. And I'll be like, I guess I missed the days when this place was happening. Uh, Link, Link is there now. So you'll find, you'll still have Link around for you. Um, <laughs> we're dreaming, but who is Who is the dreamer? As yeah. Twin Peaks asked us. Um, anything else? I'm pretty sure the grimoires asked that question. Oh, a hundred percent. Here's the question. There's the one question that came into the question bucket that I have. We have time for today. This one uh, comes in from Terrell from from Pennsylvania. Uh, who writes? You have a question. You can send it in. Question bucket gaming at vice.com. Uh, hey everyone. So far this year, I've only purchased one actual game, Resident Evil Two, and the remainder of the games I've played have been through Xbox Game Pass. This led me th- to think to myself: if I had to rate Game Pass for all of 2019 as if it were a game, how would I rate it? This year, I've played Monster Hunter World, Metal Gear Solid 5, Resident Evil 4, Dead Cells, Devil May Cry 5, and most recently, Gears 5, all thanks to Game Pass, all of uh, which are worth the $10 a month month that I pay. Uh, But should I hold the bad games on Game Pass against it, since they are indeed part of the service? Should I rate the service knowing the third-party games will leave it at some point? Well, the second part is, should I rate the service knowing that the third-party games will leave it at some point? Uh, With subscription services becoming more prevalent, uh, should the industry begin reviewing them as products much like an mmo or an ongoing game what metrics do you believe should be used to review stadia slash xbox game pass slash etc beyond a simple you shouldn't you should should slash shouldn't get it quick note stadia is not this i know we all think stadia is this stadia is no. not game pass you buy games on stadia yeah there is not that is it is not a library they will almost assuredly offer something like that once they have a broader like, library yes. that to even pull from but at, at launch it is going to be yeah that still happens this year right that I still happens soonish <laughs> wait this year <laughs> this year yeah, stadia yeah, is out yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck? totally for founders only well the, it's this it's Play the like soft a founder launch. place it's, yeah it's like right. you know eventually you won't have to own any hardware to do it they are forcing you to pay for hardware in order to be part of the early uh, beta test. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I think about this, Terrell. You should rate it for what you play on it. And in terms of like, should I keep paying for it? Should we, what you play, what you play on it to your, to your, if you're getting enough out of it. Yeah. You should not count bad games against it, but what you should also not do is count good games you're not actually playing <laughs> for it. Because if you're paying that $10 a month... Uh, if that's how subscription that, services work, though. Like, I, yeah, I, you and I'm saying subscribe cancel to something yeah. going like, well, I could, you know... Cancel I, you know, it! I should have canceled co- Game Pass. Are what? you actually the person that does that? I feel like you've got like seven subscriptions going. Me? Yeah, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> what do you want to know? About? I just keep adding them. I got listen. I can I can watch Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron Blooded Orphans on like five mm-hmm. different things at this point. Great. Okay. Ah, uh, so have you've you seen all the incredible high dive. things the Criterion Channel high offers dive. that yeah. I haven't watched. Yeah, I got High Dive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I got Criterion. Yeah, I'm on that Hulu. <laughs> I'm, I will, listen, um, I'm about uh, to Criterion release a fucking Xbox and PlayStation app. Jesus Christ! Fuck it. This, Don't uh, you know where the audience is? Yeah, gamers love classic movies. <laughs> The same friend that uh, I'm playing Borderlands with, um, he said I told him to sign up for Game Pass like some months back. I was like, just take a look. Like I think, I think you'd be into it. You'd be able to try some different games, and he and he he did. He's really liked it ever since. But then we were watching the Bears game, and uh, like there was a Gears Five commercial. And I was like, oh, did you play that yet? You know, like it's it's actually it's it's pretty good. Even if you haven't played a Gears game before, he's like, I don't want to pay sixty bucks for it. I was like, nah, that shit's on Game Pass. He's like, that game just came out. They don't. 
that like there's even a like a mental model yeah. framework huh. that not everyone I think is quite internalized. Like right. it's easy for us to be like, oh wow, Gears Five like they added like that was messaged, but I think it's like fully reasonable for like an average person to think, oh, brand new big marquee game. I'm not that interested in it, you know, like, it's not going to be on their subscription service. And I'm like, nah, dude, like, that game is, and Halo Infinite next year, that's all of Microsoft stuff is going to be on there going forward. And, like, he was like, all right, I'm going to go home and download it. And uh, he did, and then text me about it. And it's just, like, I saw some bit that was, like, Gears 5 has, like, led to, like, some incredible spike in subscriptions. What does that mean? I don't know. Right. We don't yeah. have the numbers to – but it, it wouldn't shock me. Like, it's basically, do you want to pay – 10, you know, what ultimate's what, 15 bucks a month? Yeah. And then regular Game Pass is 10. Yep. Um, that's, if you just think of it as a rental, like, would you pay 15 bucks to rent Gears 5 and play the campaign and like a, month? a month's worth of multiplayer? Like, yeah. Damn, that's, that sounds pretty damn good. Or here's something else you could do. Yeah. You could get on there and be like, oh shit, Gears 5 is out. And then you realize, damn. I'm totally behind on Gears. I don't remember where things are at at the start uh-huh. of Gears 5. Oh, what's this? Gears of War Ultimate Edition. Right. Start the iconic franchise over from the beginning with a new remaster. I better do that and play the four other games between <laughs> it and Gears 5. And then I'll be able to appreciate Gears 5 the way it was meant to be appreciated. Is that what you're I'll doing? I'll have time for that. Yeah, you'll figure it out. You'll sneak it in. Austin, I got as far as installing Gears 5. <laughs> I knew that baby was a real story. I knew it was a real story. I knew it. It sounded too. God. Listen. Listen. I had to make my crumbs. I was going to say, you had crumbs to make. (laughs) So. And those are good. Like, you know, I don't know how they hold up necessarily, but like, those are good weekend games. Like, you know, just a lazy weekend playing through a Gears game. Like, there are worse things to do. There There are. There are. I almost fell down a Battletech hole this weekend and stopped that. By playing Zone of the Enders instead, so I I, the it happens. Outer Wilds, Wilds, good game. You Metal Gear Solid yet. Five. Oh, so you're just listing. Oh, you just five. installed. You're games. listing things you've installed <laughs> yeah. recently. That's our new segment. What have you installed? Have you That's installed? the point of these services. Yeah. It's not. It's God. like browsing a bookstore and buying books, but now you don't even have physical space. You're yeah. just nope. like, mm, I'm going to play this. And I'm going to imagine the life where I played that. Yeah. I'm not going to live that yeah, my, life. My, my, but my for f- this moment. Yeah. <laughs> my my friend, he's like, oh, I can sell Gears 5. And I was, I was like, that's probably a lot of space. He immediately went on Amazon and bought a two terabyte external drive. I was like, you don't have time to play. He's like, yeah, but like, it's not going to. F- okay. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're not, you're not wrong. It won't fit. But I don't know if the response was just to go spend 60 bucks on a fine. Hey, you do you. You know? Oh, fuck. It's a good service. Yeah, uh, they announced a virtual on collection that I'm very excited about. Yeah, uh, it's did not you see that fucking here. joystick? No, does I have the dual? Yeah, it's four hundred dollars that I don't oh, have God, that so I want to spend. It. I'm not spending four hundred dollars <laughs> on a joystick for a game that's not getting localized. <laughs> what is happening, Nakata? Yeah, what is the, love, what are the noises? Hold on, this arcade this game. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened. But okay. for some Kato, reason, somebody to reset Kato. Some, that was some Red Hood shit. <laughs> where like, oh no, he fell into the Ace Chemical bat, and now he's twisted. Uh, I just really love the virtual on control scheme with it's the great. two joysticks. It always felt really good. I was lucky, lucky enough to be blessed with an arcade that had uh, the linked cabinets. Right. Um, fucking love that game as a kid. And it just doesn't feel the same on analog sticks, I feel like. It doesn't. So, like, 
seeing that joystick. I was like, the joystick. So that game is two joysticks, uh, like two tall vertical, like like you know, um, like joystick, a like a flight stick, almost yeah. a little more thin than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the way it works is that. Yeah, depending on how you move them, you do different things. So if you put both of them forward, you'll move forward. If you've ever played Katamari, yeah. imagine that. It's like Katamari, except big joysticks. Yeah, yeah. And like you jump by moving them outwards. Yeah. You land quickly by moving them inwards. So it feels like you're moving around a big mech, even though that's a very fast-paced game for yeah. most of those machines. Yeah. Which is like the thing that makes it really cool is yeah. that despite feeling, despite God. having this like God feeling of like big hefty controls you're yeah, zipping around it's kind of like this virtual on was it kind of, let me take a look here it's, yeah yeah this yeah is an old story that is exactly those those joysticks are exactly it i almost imported those joysticks years ago and then didn't because i convinced myself people pay money for that yeah dude 300 dollars money the new ones How are much better. Did you pay, they've got like triggers. Did you pay for your like, your mech your your Nintendo Switch mech controller? Oh, that's like nothing. That was like thirty bucks or whatever, right? Yeah. Oh, that's the, right. that damn that thing. It hasn't shown up yet. Still, I did play some more of that too. I played some of the multiplayer in that and had a, had a pretty good time. I think that like the big bosses are not as I think I had more fun playing against the big bosses in single player because you're just have less cohesion as a unit. It's like a group of mechs fighting those big bosses, whereas like with a group, it's just kind of a stomp. Um, I liked fighting the like mech versus mech stuff though uh, in the in the co-op. I'm really excited for them to add a comp like a, a competitive into the Damon X Machina multiplayer. Um, but yeah, that's our. I think that's. I want to play virtual one now. Listen, we can make that happen. I know it's so close. No, I just mean we could. I have it's on Xbox 360. That's no, on no, Xbox no, one. no. I'm talking about arcade. Where's the closest arcade with it? It's literally there. The barcade. That barcade has it? It has it. How far away is that? We could do that today. Yeah, I have to go take like... care of cats today. But we could do it this week. Yeah. We could play some virtual on. <laughs> play some Kato. virtual on. <laughs> that shit could happen. Hell yeah. Kato uh, and I are going to go do that, yeah. I think, yeah. this week. Patrick and Rob, what do you got going on this week? Anything people should for lunch? look forward to? We can't go to barcade for lunch. <laughs> we got meetings and shit today. Oh, they don't sell food at that barcade. Was it BYOF? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boyf. 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 The other ones, you. the other ones on Manhattan. The one on Man, the two on Manhattan sell food. Okay. This one doesn't. Yeah. Anything going Thank on for you. y'all? Link's Awakening uh, review will be coming later this week, presumably Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna finish the final dungeon of that after we do finish this podcast, and then I'll yeah I'll review on Thursday. Hell yeah. Um, I gotta go in a car for six hours with a three year old. Ooh. Thursday. Sounds also. like fun. That sounds great. Yeah. Going to a wedding in Ohio. And mm. it's just, it's close. It's far enough that I looked up how much it costs <laughs> to fly. Because mm-hmm. even though that would take more time in the day, it's just the convenience of just showing up to a place is great. But you got to pay for, you know, she's three. You have to pay for a seat. And it's yeah. just, that's, that's, that's like, I can fill up my tank two and a half times to get there. Split between five people who will be in the car, yeah. or I can pay like you know two hundred bucks, bucks a pop. A pop. Yeah, that's to not get worth five it. people with there. Other, and that with five other people sense. though, like you know, you'll have plenty of people to like bother and play with. <laughs> it's less that it's just long six hours. Yeah, six hours it is long. Like, I don't it is long. like I like I don't mind driving. Like I don't mind long drives, but like even my interest in like a long drive caps out at like. Four hours. I yeah. would then, love to do that drive by myself with some podcasts. <laughs> five hours sure. in, or like six hours in a car with five people is one of those things where it's like I'm going to run out of conversation by hour three and it, like it's going to drag and I'm not going to. Well, and there's no and because Jessica's in the car, it's not like, it get, like all right, cool. 
this car is shutting down the social layer. Like right. we're all just going to do our own thing. Like person driving the car is maybe going to put on their headphones and not expose everyone to whatever audio book. Like, wait, the person gonna driving do, they the, other traffic. the car is going to put in headphones. You can't put on headphones driving Patrick, the car, man. That's I, I'm just, I didn't do that. I'm just Patrick, having a <laughs> you meltdown have a with this. There's a child in that car. <laughs> Don't put on it, headphones. All I'm, <laughs> all I'm suggesting is that everyone goes into their, I'm going to pay attention to my own thing. You uh -huh. can't do that with the three-year-old. <laughs> right. Everyone, she, will, she breaks the social layer very quickly. I see. Gotcha. Well, good luck. It'll be fine. We'll Rob, go to the you, zoo on Friday. Oh, that's nice. Zoos are nice. Rob, are you going to the zoo? Are you doing anything else this week? Making some more bread? Um, I am making the Bon Appetit best bread recipe. Oh, my God. Good. Um, Good. You're going to chronicle this? Can you do uh, a live stream? Uh, Twitch, so, Twitch IRL? I, I so badly. I starter ready to go, actually. I so oh, it's badly. a sourdough? Um, uh no it's like uh, I'm using a poolish okay, uh okay. so it's it, it's not a proper sourdough it it's might not, turn into a sourdough by the end of it though you never know with Rob's <laughs> breads you know that'd be a, well, that'd I be am, a win honestly sourdoughs are hard. I'm wondering if I could get some wild yeast just by leaving some uh <laughs> some starter stuff by the window yeah wild yeast uh, I feel like yeah. I found that in Breath of the Wild ah <laughs> uh, yeah I need to, before I go into that this dungeon I need to, yeah, no I mean that's the thing it's all around us Pat yeah it's everywhere it's the wild yeast is everywhere. <laughs> but oh. there's other things that you don't want also in the air. So the yeah. trick is getting that good yeast and like leaving the car exhaust out of your starter. Yeah. That's the that's the real art. It's a trick of uh yeah. Um so I misread that recipe. Uh, I thought it was like, oh, you you mix it together, and then there's a half hour of like tending the dough, and then you just like chill it for a couple days to a slow rise. Dunzo, don't worry about it. No, 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 no. Uh, there is a half hour step that you repeat like six times every gotcha. 30 minutes or an hour, it uh -huh. seems like. Uh, and then and only important. then do you rest the dough for a couple days. Right. Um, so yeah, it seems like one of those things that this is a, this is a learning loaf. And when it's done, I know about um, a, a learning, a learning loaf. loaf. <laughs> I love. Yeah. It. I've had so you many. Know, sometimes you just gotta take life. the L. Take the sometimes L. I don't think I've ever had L. a non-learning loaf personally. <laughs> and you know what? Every loaf can be a learning lo loaf. Yeah. <laughs> learning loaf. It's like learning life. Did someone take the reading the reading rainbow theme and just put on uh, exactly. <laughs> well, see the the problem I ended up in is like I got really good at making uh, baguettes, but mm. once you've solved that problem, it's not real interesting and baguettes aren't super good for you. It's not like a good whole grain bread. Sure. Like it's like, it's, it's a really fancy way to ingest. Basically something's going to hit your body like sugar. Right. <laughs> so mind you fresh baguette, like slab of and butter mm. or cheese. Uh. Oh, it's delicious. But like if you get to a point where like I can make baguettes on demand. You can, yes, but should you is a different question. Into a bag of sugar, you could do a lot of things. <laughs> right, exactly. you could deep fry butter. That's a thing. You people do it. People do it. Uh, well, we look forward to your continuing bread stories, Rob. If you have questions about bread, you can send them to gaming at vice .com. Use the subject learning low. Wait, what are the? <laughs> the I am bread. People are making something. Are they? Yeah. Is that the who made that game? I'm trying to. I find am out. Strata, the sequel. Oh, Bossa Studios. They're they're making. Someone's uh, gonna laugh at that. 
I did. Someone's gonna hear that and be uh, like, yeah, someone, ah, I didn't even, great sequel." Uh, they are making. What was it? What are they making? I was surprised. I was like, I was also. I remember being like, "Oh, them." Oh, them. They're making this, but I don't remember what it is. I don't see it. Me either. Did we invent this? No, this is real. This is real. I swear. It was in my fucking email. Uh, it's search, not the thing. Search I'm looking didn't somebody message us about the KR zero hotline updating its message? Oh, did it? Yeah, like the it, oh oh the, it's insert. Or this something. is I, this is why I remember this because I looked at it. and It was like, huh? Why does this immediately remind me of control? It's something called the the Bradwell conspiracy, and that's being made by the I am bread people. That's by the I am bread people. Gotcha. But it, Bradwell or Breadwell? Brad Bradwell. The Breadwell. People. The Breadwell. Okay. Conspiracy. So it's not like a little play on like yeah, right? <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. not. Wink, wink. But it it looks very much like. Uh, like it could take place in Control's uh, uh, world, at least like some of the vibes I was getting from the trailer. But uh. I just suddenly had a flashback to that because I remember because bread, because bread, because we were talking about bread. Right. <laughs> uh, I can't find the old KRZ phone number. I have the one that's like for the new one, well, the, the recent one, the thing that is not the full interlude that you play through. Ah, uh, here it is. I got it. We got. It. I'm gonna put this on. We'll go out on this. All right. Uh, one. 858-WEN-K-R-Z-W-H-E-N-K-R-Z. Let's call this. Let's take a listen. Thank you for calling the Kentucky Route Zero Development Status Hotline. Yeah. This is a great service. following as our options have changed. Oh, new options. Oh, good to know. To hear an update on the status of Kentucky Route Zero, yeah. press zero. Uh, zero. Your call is important to us. Good. Please stay on the line. Bummed about the Eagles, guys. It was a rough game. Status of Kentucky Route Zero is quality assurance testing. Huh? That's new. That is new. Quality assurance testing. That. That's good. Good. That used to be in development. In development. Now it's quality, quality assurance testing, uh, which I think all everyone needs to do that uh, yeah. with everything that they make. Do that for Otherwise your life. You Otherwise, you end up with crumets. Otherwise, you end up with crumets. You got to make sure that millimeter is not. It needs to be a little bit lower. Thank you for listening to us. We'll be back later this week with more Waypoint Radio. Uh, you find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Kato. Beep, 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 beep. Warner oh, Brothers oh. animation playing Funko Pop movie. Fuck. Why do we do Go anything? Pop. Why? <laughs> Who's going to... It's just a Lego Batman movie, but with Funko Pop. Yep. Their fresh take on pop culture makes these figurines incredibly appealing to fans of all ages. Fuck! We're thrilled for this opportunity and are committed to make an amazing Funko movie. Release the Snyder Cut merit. of the Funko Pop movie immediately! <laughs> this isn't about selling toys or building a brand. Shut the fuck up! The team of Warner Animation have a unique vision. Hold on, let me... Just listen to the full quote. This isn't about selling toys or building a brand. The team at Warner Animation Group have a unique vision of what the first film should be, and we are extremely excited to take this journey alongside them. Fucking implications there. This was apparently previously announced. Hey, look, Mitch G in the comments of this Deadline article says, can't wait to see it. Mitch, 
I hope wait. this movie turns out well for you. Yeah. Can't wait. What? Uh, who's attached? Funko. Um, Warner Brothers animation group. <laughs> Nothing but respect for the craft and the anonymous artists who generate it out of thin air. I love it when a product appears on store shelves. I love it more when it has big dead eyes. <laughs> Fucking. It makes me so mad because Funko gets all these licenses and I just want the design to be anything but. <laughs> anything. Anything. I am reading these quotes. Just get really into Is this still a speculative economy? Like, nobody actually likes that shit, right? Like, nobody no, looks I think at that and like, ah, oh, that's like my... It. I think they no, move, it's, they no, it's Rob. It's real. Yeah. I have a couple of friends that their Facebook updates, a lot of Funko Pop. There was that and they're not contract. There was that contract between a husband Ooh. and his wife about how many Funkos he could what? buy. Yeah, oh, that yeah, made the I rounds. Remember you that. remember that? Yeah. I do remember that. Uh, this is, this is from earlier this year, January was when news of this start first started leaking out a little bit. Uh, mm. the slash film reported that Warner Bros animation was, was working on this back in January, which is weird that this is only now just kind of being confirmed, I guess. Uh, here's the, here's the quote from this slash film article. Plot details are scarce, but yeah, I bet the Funko movie will reportedly center around. Mm. Wonder Woman, The Care Bears, Hellboy, Deadpool, Hello Kitty, Harley Quinn, Darth Vader, and My Little Pony. I'd like to read that as a joke, but I actually don't know. Crossovers. Listen, crossovers are here to stay. AUs, they're in. Listen. The most ambitious crossover of all time. <laughs> yeah, in Funko history. Re- the most ambitious crossover since the GameStop back shelf. Uh, <laughs> well, we got that to look forward to. Patrick, you can find Patrick tweeting about the Funko movie at. Look at this! Look at this Funko! I just put it in the podcast. Okay. Okay. Let me click All right. over here. Let me click over here. Waypoint. No, there was know. one Funko where the eyes were of it. something that had dead eyes already, and I was like, "Oh, that works." It, it was, was not. Was it this thing of donkey? Jesus Christ! Shrek. It's so funny. Fuck. It's uh, you know what? I will say this one is pretty. This one is actually all right. This one kind of works. Oh, that Nemesis one works. That Nemesis one Basically works. Basically the same one. That's yeah. Hey, yeah. That's, is that Donkey again? There. Is that a different angle? God <laughs> oh, damn it! Donkey looks good. See, here. yeah, the Nemesis one Nemesis works. works. I think it was the Demogorgon from Stranger Things. That's what it was. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Creatures. Creatures. With dead eyes. Creatures with a Z is the name of my new toy line <laughs> competing with Funko Pop. Patrick Klepek at Patrick Klepek. Rob Zachney at Rob Zachney. Follow everything we do. Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Waypoint.vice.com. Shoutouts to Bowen for letting us use the track. Miss you off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that. Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. I'm at A underscore Cotto underscore appears. Thank you, Cotto. Send us your favorite Funko Pop this week so that we can talk about <laughs> no! them. Live on air. Please don't send us Funko. You get one each. You're Funko allowed to send Pops. one Funko Pop. One not each. An actual, the actual model. Not the model. Not, not the picture. It's got to be the model. The, is Funko Pop what uh, Joe Biden was talking about over the weekend? Yeah. Fun- <laughs> Did you hear they found out Funko Pop was real? They found, they, sadly, an obit, uh, uh, which is not what I was looking for. I was mostly looking forward to people noting the weird racist undertones of so much of what Joe Biden sure. says. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. what he was saying, the problem was not the name of no. a person who may or may not existed. God. Anyway. <sighs> That's going to do it for us. 
I hope you all have a good Funko Pop filled week. Enjoy your crummets and uh, <laughs> treat each other kindly. <laughs> Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. We should do a time dot is so I can grant you on, yeah. on uh, Mike for the Bears win yesterday also. Thank you. Well, we do it at the end. Oh, is it the end? Okay. That's post pod. Post, 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 post pod. Post pod. Okay. I mean, you can you can mention it. We can just yeah, can yeah. Mention I'll mention it at we'll the top see, we'll, and mention that we'll we'll wrap back around to it at the yeah at the end. At the end. Uh, uh, all right. All right. I'm ready. Uh, uh, Twenty three. I'm getting a, I was getting a buzz for a second there, but I, my thing is on airplane. Are you on airplane? No, I'm not. Huh. That's probably me. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Solved. Mm-hmm. Mm. Science solved it. Water. Water's good. Whatever happened to science solved it? I don't know. Was that Kaylee's joint? I have no clue. Mm. I just know it existed. It did. It did exist. I guess Cyber is the Motherboard podcast now, right? So Yeah. Uh, 264, right? Yep. Okay. Just five more. What? Then we're done? Then we're done. <laughs> don't cool. don't put that energy into the fucking <laughs> Sorry, air right just, now. No, Otto. add five to it. Oh uh, yeah, two sixty nine. I got you. Okay. My favorite Latin verb. Two sixty is sixty nine. Ra is the infinitive form. Um, <laughs> huh. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs>